fans welcome to the big blue box podcast my name is gary my name is adam and welcome to the upside down i mean episode 163 <laughs> have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension nobody in the universe can do what we're doing i've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the tardis should be free of the force field now there's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes the trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time change my dear and it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kidneys? I don't like the colour. Howdy do you, Who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week. And that you've managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. related. Yay. Yay. It's been a strange Speaking week, little... you know. Yeah. It's been a strange week. Very little Doctor Who. But Adam and I were having a catch-up beforehand and plenty of Stranger Things too. I was going to say, cheeky little Stranger Things reference you threw in there at the start. A little one, yeah. Yeah, well, Cheeky. we were talking about it before we before we kicked off, and uh, you know, just saying how good it was, isn't it? I mean, I've just like you, just been watched all of series two pretty much uh-huh. um, in one go. Oh, just so good! What a brilliant show that is. I know, I know. Somebody was asking me about it at work the other day. I said, "What's all this? What's all this hype about Stranger Things? Then, what's it all mm-hmm. about?" And it's very hard to explain it without being spoilery. Yeah. And the best thing I could say was it's like the X-Files meets the Goonies mm. with a sprinkling of Twin Peaks wrapped up in Ooh, a little yeah. bit of Stephen King. Mm. That's, that's a perfect the, description. The best way I could describe it to somebody. And when I said that, they were like, oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, well, it is really good. Go watch it. <laughs> it is good. I was saying to you, wasn't I? I think it's one of the... Cause uh, everybody's talking about it and you sort of feel like I said oh I'm not sort of jumping on the bandwagon but I said I think it is what, one of the few shows where it really does live up to the hype I, do, I just think it's such a good program and uh, it's really weird because I, I I didn't want it to end I sort of was uh-huh. watching episode after episode back to back pretty much and I kept thinking oh no only three left <laughs> oh no only two left and I was thinking oh no but it, it did not disappoint I thought it's a great great sort of continuation of series one yes very good i think there was an extra episode wasn't there in this one it was nine compared to yeah it was yeah eight i believe yeah 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 what a I, show. Wonder there, I wonder there must be some stranger thing podcasts out there it's re- really weird i haven't um i haven't looked yet i'll have to have a look i suspect there's some must be there, there must be yeah. yeah there's a podcast for everything these days yeah <laughs> there pretty much is yeah i found a podcast for alan partridge earlier did you so if there's one for alan partridge there must be one for stranger things yeah, I'm oh, sure there's probably there's probably thousands of them. Yeah, <laughs> did you? Is there? I guess I, I occasionally do a search for a Blake Seven one because there's not many Blake Seven podcasts. Oh, okay, so right. Still hankering after doing one with you, but uh, not haven't convinced you yet. I one need to day. watch the show first. 
I know. And then I can do a podcast with you about it. <laughs> somebody actually, somebody did. Um, somebody did request it, didn't they? Do you remember a few weeks back on the yes, Facebook? I yeah. saw it. Someone commented on the Blue Box Facebook page saying, "When are you guys going to do a Blake Seven podcast?" And I thought, Gary, you'll think I've set up a, a fake account <laughs> yeah. and written that myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so we have at least one listener out there that would like us to do it. We do. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> we I, just don't have the time, though, do we? Really? I mean, maybe one day we will. Perhaps when we're re- retired and in our seventies. That's what I was going to say. If that lottery win comes off soon. Yeah, and the mortgages get paid off. We have got a bit more time. Don't have to work. Then yeah, can have as many. We'll do a podcast for every show that we like. I was going to say because you want to do a wheels of gummage one as well, don't you? You'd love it. You'd really love to do a wheels of gummage podcast, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. That'd so that's awesome. on the list as well. So we've got wheels of gummage, Blake Seven, and Doctor Who, and Stranger Things, and Stranger Things. Now, yeah, add that to the list. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we just did a few more hours in the day. And uh, we'll be sorted. Exactly. Yeah, it's, beca- it's yeah. becoming a bit like the app saying, isn't it? Do you remember years ago when the app, you know, as smartphones blew up like sort of 10 years ago and mm. uh, everybody started making apps, everything. And the saying was, there's an app for that. Whatever you want to do, there's an app. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit like that with podcasts, yeah. isn't it? Whatever, you want, whatever you're into, there's a podcast for there's that. There's a podcast for that. You yeah. just need to find it. Yeah. That's true. Good times. Yeah. So our long list of podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. So I hope you guys have had a good week and that you've managed to stay abreast of Doctor Who news. Not as big as big news as we had last week with the Series 11 stuff. But we have got a couple of bits to go through and then a couple of bits of merch. Old Dalek Tat is going to, going to slide in very shakily <laughs> over the cobbles. <laughs> and then uh, we're on to the the kickoff month revisits month where we're going to yeah. look at some of the the classic coup stories that you and i have either not reviewed together or just a particular story that we want to relook at and so this mm. week it's remembrance unlimited rice pudding yeah i'm just looking at the list actually to see what because obviously this the whole month is the revisits month and i'm just looking to see what we've got coming up um i mean they're all classics well our listeners know that so yeah we've got some some good ones yeah, yeah. Two, yeah. two out of the remaining three are absolute belters mm. two out of the remaining three okay yeah right. one of them is very divided but the other two are constantly like yeah they're brilliant so yeah and i without revealing too much i think there's going to be one there that you're saying is about her that everyone thinks is about her that i've always felt is slightly overrated so that's going to be quite a interesting review when we get to it okay i shall say no more say it's no one more. that i like but yeah, well, obviously I should give it another watch before we do it. But no, when I saw it was on the list, I was thinking, oh, people always rave about that. And I, yeah, I think it's a good one, but is it that good? Hmm. Anyway, I'll say no more. Time will tell. Time will tell. It always does. Pun intended. <laughs> it always does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to, buddy? Anything who related? Not massively. No, no. I popped, uh, popped into town earlier. Um, (laughs) and I did have a look in, in, uh, Smith's to see if they had, cause there's very few places now where I can find the, the Doctor Who figurine magazine that comes with a little figure on the front. Uh, occasionally in my local Smith's they'll get one and, um, they did, but it wasn't the one I wanted. So, um, they, they had this Cyberman one in today, which, I looked at him and it was the it's the modern series Cyberman oh, yeah. from you know from the Tenant era. The Iron Man. Just, the yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. And I was just like, nah, don't want that. I wanted the um 
the week before, the month before, the cheetah person, but they didn't have it. But weirdly, they had uh, Agdor, you know, the big oh, yeah. special yeah. issue. Yeah. They did. It's really weird. They never get them in. And I wonder if somebody's ordered it especially and not collected it because they had it behind the counter. But I've already got him. So I was like, oh, well, I'm not getting him. But anyway, so yeah, I didn't uh, pick up much. Um, and I was a bit sort of disappointed. I'd got a few things in mind I hoped I'd get, but they didn't have any of it. Um, but when I got back, there was a little treat waiting for me in the letterbox, oh. uh, which is uh, from Big Finish. Um, I had the the new McGann set arrived today, uh, the Time War. Is it just oh, called cool. the Time War set? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Time War box set. So, yeah, that looks nice. Um, I haven't even, I've literally, I mean, I've only been back probably an hour. So, I mean, I've literally opened it, looked at the box and gone, ooh. Uh, so I haven't listened to any of it or even opened it properly yet, but that looks quite nice. Um, awesome, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I don't know, though. I haven't got a massive buzz for it. I don't know why. I mean, I did when I ordered it, obviously, because I, I ordered it. I was thinking, yeah, this is, you know, I love a bit of McGann and, mm-hmm. you know, it's Time War. Yes, great stuff. And I don't know, that seems to have fizzled off recently, and I can't put my finger on why. It just sort of almost feels a little bit old hat now. Does that make sense? Maybe it's because we've got a new doctor come in and a new... I don't know, but just seeing the time war, I just remember, it just sort of felt like it was a bit, I don't know, a bit old news, really. Like it had been done a bit. Because I sort of associate it more with the war doctor as well. And um, But anyway, I don't know. I am looking forward to listening to it because I, I really like McGann and I'm sure it'll be a good listen just because of him, really. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't get that sort of massive excitement that I I was sort of expecting, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, but it looks nice anyway. Did, did you order it or not? I didn't, no. No, no. You're going to wait and see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one because it's from yeah. McGann's point of view. Um, But yeah, I just like you, Um, it's just not one that I got super excited about when it was mm. announced and in the, in the run-up. It's not like the... Uh, like the Tenth Doctor Adventures, or the new, uh, or the recent classic Doctor's New Mont, you know that kind of thing. That's got a different yeah. flavour to it, and yeah, this one just felt like, like you said, it had been done a lot over the last few years. The Time Wars thing, so mm. yeah, maybe I'll pick it up at some point. That reminds me, that Tenth Doctor thing's out next month, isn't it? Next I month, think. yeah, yeah. I must admit, I am looking forward to that because it's um, Ten and Rose, and no, hold and on, I, I, we're in November now, aren't we? So it is this month. Oh, it's this month. Oh, yeah. yeah, we're already in November. Crikey. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. good then. So that should be that should be coming through soon because we yeah. both pre-ordered that, didn't we? So yeah, another couple of weeks, but yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got. I must admit, you're probably the same. I've got quite a backlog of big finish at the minute. Like they keep turning up. Mm-hmm. They, oh, no offense, but they are producing too much. I can't actually keep on top of it all because <laughs> um, again, coming back to not enough hours in the day. And, um, yeah, you know, I only do one ironing session a week. So, and that's when I listen to it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I have got a bit of a, I've got a bit of catching up to do, I think. The big finish stuff. No, I know where you're coming from with that one. Mm. Yeah. I've got a back of, uh, backlog of about two or three big finish stories to to listen through. Mm. Just haven't got around to it. I'll tell you what I am. <laughs> this might sound a bit geeky, but the one thing I'm looking forward to is when we got this building work uh, done, which should be finished next couple of weeks. Um, because all my stuff's packed away at the minute, and uh, I'm looking forward to <laughs> dusting the shelf and putting all the nice box sets in a row. Because I've already, I've, in my head, I thought, right, this is a good opportunity to rearrange that cluttered up old shelf upstairs <laughs> of all my stuff. You've seen it piled up with things, isn't it? So because it's all packed away and I'm kind of starting afresh, I've kind of made a little mental plan in my head of it being a nice new streamlined 
you know, so I'm going to have all my big finished box sets on the back, my Robert Harrop to the front, you know, my um, history collection books all on the other shelf in a big row. I've got it all planned. All planned. My other half doesn't know that yet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't know that I'm about to take over the, you know, the house again, just as it was before. But yeah, plans are afoot, and I just yeah, I keep thinking all my big finish, and just now I'm going to have them all lined up. All those, like this set, for example, you know they do them, don't they? Every now and again, like the four or five yes. disc box sets, yep. we're going to have all them nicely lined up when the building work's done so that sounds cool yeah, looking yeah. forward to doing that i just keep looking at my shelf i mean it is absolutely thick in building dust at the minute <laughs> you know there's nothing on it it's just just caked in dust waiting to be rejuvenated when it's all done so yeah it won't be long there's some kind of geek geek pleasure in redoing shelves with stuff yeah. though. it's a yeah. lethargic kind of relaxing nice geek moment it is, it is, yep. yeah. Just need more shelves. That's the only thing I keep thinking. I've got got all the Titan things I'd like to put on display, but I haven't really got room for them in the minute. But right, right. Yeah, but I know you mean you're the same, aren't you? You've got your shelf that mm. you got your uh, Funkos and that on, and yes, and stuff. Own. Yeah, yeah. It's like the it's like base of operations in my house. Mm-hmm. It's like the one. It's got this big bookshelf, and it's just you know top to bottom Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, and it's like my one sort of area of the house that's sacred. It's like my little my little place of happiness. <laughs> if that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, it's cool. It's weird actually because the builder said to me the other day he's, he's building uh, a bookcase in the front of the house, and he said, um, I mean, he knows I'm a doctor, but I suppose he's spotted all the Daleks covered up around the house. But he's like, uh, yeah, so I'm building this bookcase. Just so you know, it won't be thick enough for you dot two annuals, mate. <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> like he knew that I'd already planned. Right. What right. I was going to build it. I was like, "Oh well, like, yeah, well, you know, just you know, build it, and I'll." I said, "I'll work around it. I'll work around it." It's just really funny that he already knew that what, <laughs> all the stuff I was going to put on there. Oh, that's cool. I think, yeah. So I got to find a place for them now. Apparently, it's not deep enough for them. Ah, uh, yes, that's a common problem. Yeah, yep. yeah very common. So, uh, not much else going on in my Doctor Who universe this week, mate. But have you been doing anything? You watched anything? Listened to anything? Uh, no, I haven't, mate. I've had a, another no? another you quiet one. Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things at the weekend. Been yeah. through the whole lot of that. And what I'll tell you, what that is so cool. Watching nine hours of that. Well, eight and a bit hours of that from mm. start to finish. That was very cool. I said to you, didn't I? I'm so glad they dropped the whole series in one because yes. I don't think I could have waited. You know, week after week, I think I would have been going insane. Yeah, it's it's awesome just to binge watch because uh, they haven't done that with the new Star Trek Discovery series. They're dropping mm-hmm. a new episode every Monday. Yeah, I've struggled with that, and I, some people are really raving about it. Um, I watched the first four and a half, okay, and I've been watching them with my partner, and it, um, and he just got by the middle of episode four or five. I can't remember now. He was just like, oh, fed up of this. Can you watch it on your own? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm really bored of it. Oh, so okay. just switch it right. off. And then, But then I went into work the next day, and one of the guys at work was like, oh, it was a really great episode of Star Trek Discovery this week. Did you watch it when the Enterprise <laughs> is doing all this? I was like, oh, I must have turned off just before that happened because we were really bored. <laughs> so oh, right, right. I don't know, but a lot of people like it, and a lot of people have said it's really dull, but a friend of mine that's a massive Trekkie, has given it the thumbs down, so that tells me something because right, he right. he's into he's like we are about Doctor Who. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. he's bald, yeah. You go in his house and he's got all the little Enterprise models in his shelf and that you know. But yeah, he's give it a thumbs down. So I'm thinking it's not just me then, but yeah, okay. it's just okay. not grabbing me. It's no, I really like it because I'm not a Trekkie at all. 
Yeah, no, I, you, I oh can't. Yeah, I'm you're watching it. Yeah, I can't. Well, I just thought I'd jump in and just give oh, okay. it a go. But I'm quite liking it, and it did. It did have a bit of a lull in in the mid season. I think we're having a bit of a downer. But the last episode was really good. It was really timey wimey. Well, let me tell you why I don't like it, and you might be able to tell me if I should keep watching. And it's because I like standalone stories, so I'm fed up for the blimming Klingons. I'm just like, oh, they're, <laughs> they're like the Daleks in Doctor Who. They've been done to death. Right. Just do something different. So, so I thought the first two episodes would be the Klingons, and then I thought they'd move on to individual stories, but they didn't. It's just cling on, cling on, cling. every week it's the Klingons. I was like, I'm bored of the blooming Klingons. So that's why I've right, kind of got bored of it. Right. But do they move on? Do they, do, you know, I just want to see them go down to a planet and something different happen. And, okay. Well, you'll be, or is it still the Klingons? Well, you'll be pleased to know that the last episode, this week's one, doesn't have any Klingons in it. Okay. Well, yeah. I might persevere with it then on my own because, as I said, my other half's given up. But I might persevere on my own because I was, I was kind of liking it. But it's just every time the Klingons come on doing their silly voices oh, I was just like yeah yeah I was just like what are they on about yeah. <laughs> I haven't got a lot of patience when it comes to those things but okay. yeah no I'll probably I'll, I'll probably carry on with it at some point it's yeah. not bad and Quite I do like love it. the intro you know you know it yes. gives you the option to skip the intro I never do it's a bit like Stranger Things I never skip it because I love really love the intro to both actually <laughs> very cool really cool yeah yeah uh, anyway, where were we? Oh, Doctor Who. Yes. Oh, Doctor Who, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've just been yeah watching that. I've um, done a few online investigatory stuff. Oh, so yeah. when you posted um, a picture of when you do your normal, we're watching this with this week with your DVD covers and you normally put a little figure on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you put the little special weapons Dalek in the middle. Between, That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted him for ages, so I, I had a bit of a, a scout on eBay to see if I can find one. And I found about 98% of them are the ones, it's, it's the model that I don't want. Oh. Because he's meant to look kind of dirty and rusty and he's meant to oh, have like yeah. a roughed up look to him, you know, the special weapons. Um, but all of the, the figures that I found, that he looks too clean. You know, there's no markings on it. There's no rust. He's like oh, perfectly right. white, perfectly gold with a bit of the, you know, the, bronzy color around the top but, you know it looks he looks too like he's just come out of the factory i know what you mean but i'm yeah, looking yeah. for the more the more lived in roughed up look if you know what i mean it's difficult though because i remember when he came out and i think it was like the first batch or whatever they went too mad with the paint apps because i remember i remember like everyone saying like oh no it looks like someone's just drawn pen down him down right, every right. you know like <laughs> it didn't look very good and then it seemed to get better. I don't know. It's weird because I sort of held off buying him for a while. And then they seemed to sort of improve it. I don't know if they did a second batch. Yes. You know, made him look a little bit. They sort of blended it in better. Yes. But it did. The first, I remember the first thought looked like someone had literally drawn all that oil that's supposed to be running down him in pen. Um, and also, he was very hard to get for a while. Like, people were selling him for silly money on eBay because he was really hard to find. And then, again, I don't know if they did another batch. or so, He suddenly became... A lot easier to find. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you'll get him for a good price now. But he's a good figure. And he's got a secret, because he talks, doesn't he, this one? Although he doesn't talk in the episode, you you can press a button on the figure if you get the right one, because there is one that doesn't talk and there is one that does. Um, and there's a hidden feature on him, mate. And uh, I can't remember how you do it. But um, <laughs> there is a video. There's a video where you the, the guy shows you. I think you just hold the button and press it twice or something. And there's like this hidden voice you can find on him. 
Right. So yeah. So when when you do get yours, remind me and I'll find that little hidden feature because it's quite funny. He said it talks really deep or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think if you normally press it, it's just sound effects of gunfire or something like that. Yeah. There is um. Yeah. There is about four different models that have been released over the years. The the one I'm after is the one that was exclusive to Forbidden Planet International, the .dot oh, UK okay. guys. That's the one that looks the most screen accurate to me i can't remember now so what's different about him is it does it is it a talking one or not it is the talking one it's the talking one yeah okay. so they released two well there's they released two figures that were in like the standard packaging you know the mm. the older style blue packaging with the clear plastic on yeah the that's front. the one i'm thinking of yeah there's two versions of that one's the standard one and one's the talking one yeah then there's another one that they brought out, which looks, which is a bit smaller. And then there's the figurine one that came out as part of the. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm after the the talking one that was the, the .codic UK FP, but that's the one that goes for like 50, 60 quid on eBay. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure he yeah. was around sort of 20 or so last time I looked, but yeah. he is one of those where you just have to keep checking and you might just get lucky if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I've set up a custom alert. So if, somebody posts ah. one on ebay i'll get an email so i can track him down <laughs> that's a good idea yeah so hunting down uh the special weapons dialect and also i had a bit of a conversation with uh forbiddenplanet.com oh. as you know i still haven't had my first doctor funko pop oh right yeah, yeah. so i said look what's going on mm. you've had you've had uh, the order in for quite a while now and everyone's got one and their first reaction was, oh, you haven't got one. <laughs> uh, uh, <duh. laughs> well, yeah, the clues in the, uh, you know, the, the, when you asked me what the problem was, the clue was in my description. Hmm. So after their shock and surprise, oh, we haven't got any now. So, yeah, sorry about that and all that, but uh, there's none left. Are they getting, but surely they get, are they getting more? Well, they are be? now, yeah, because I said, well, that can't be right, because on your website, you still can still pre-order. He says yeah. you're showing us out of stock, but... You can pre-order. So anyway, they were like, well, don't know. We'll have to check the inventory and stuff because our website's a day late or something. And the last time this happened, loads of people thought they ordered one and secured one and they didn't get one. And I don't understand how it works. I think, mind you, I think Funko are supposed to be renowned for a bit of a nightmare to, to order from uh, in terms of getting stock. I don't know if they just, I don't know how it works. Like they promise stock and then it doesn't get delivered mm -hmm. for months. And it seems the release date is constantly changing on Funko pops and, and stuff. So yeah, I'm sure you will get one, but it's, yeah, I can imagine it's frustrating, isn't it? Especially when he's there on the website, you're like, yeah. where's mine? Cause, yeah. um, somebody was kind enough to email us. No, they, they tweeted us, didn't they? About the TARDIS, uh, Christmas TARDIS. That's right. Because yep. I was saying to you, I'd heard a rumor that, that Forbidden Planet were only going to get 70. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know if that's true. And then someone sent us a screen grab showing us the, you know, the guy talking about it. And it is true. And I was thinking, so presumably, because they've still got that for sale. I thought you can still order that Christmas TARDIS. And mm -hmm. I thought, mm, okay, 70 doesn't sound a lot. Now, I'm just hoping that they, you know, that their <laughs> website works that, you know, like on my website when I used to have it, you know, I'd put in the quantity. You couldn't see it, but yeah. it had the quantity so that when that quantity had gone, the pre-sale went off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because otherwise, yeah. you, they're just taking pre-orders for stuff they can't mm -hmm. secure. But that, you know, yeah, so hopefully it's not, not the same with, uh, 
your first doctor. No, I hope not. Okay. Well, they did say so after a bit of um, after hearing them say, "I don't know," for about <laughs> ten minutes. So I said, "Well, why didn't I get one when I pre-ordered it? Because I pre-ordered it ages ago when it was first mm. announced. So why didn't I get one of the original? Oh, we we don't know. So what what stock? How many did you get in then originally? Oh, we don't know. And yeah. uh, so well, I said, well, yeah, are you getting any more stock in? Uh, oh, we think so. Because somebody's updated the website. Or well, you've updated the website. It's your website. What, yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you should get one then. I said, well, where's that going to happen then? Oh, we don't know. Well, you've got to tell me something. I can't, you know, what's going <laughs> they on? They don't know a lot, do they? Yeah. So he's like, no. oh, hold on. <laughs> Comes back. He's like, oh, the 3rd of November, we think. The 3rd or the 4th. That's when it's been very approximately approximated. <laughs> I don't know how these things work. It's weird, though, because yeah. for a couple of days, he was up that you could add him to basket. So you're thinking, oh, well, they've got stock of him then because you can actually buy him now. It's not saying pre-order. It's saying add to basket. And now it's gone back to pre-order the night for November. So you think, well, hang on. What about all the people that pre-ordered it? <laughs> what, why are people allowed to buy it if they haven't fulfilled the pre-orders? Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it's weird. I just don't know how they don't know how that giant Forbidden Planet brain works. Yeah, at the we same don't know. same situation with the Mister Men, the Mister, the Doctor Men. Oh uh, yeah, figures. So I ordered the first Doctor one of that as well. That I ordered that weeks ago, and I said, "So what's going on with this one then?" Because you said that was coming into stock, like now. Yeah, we don't know. So I just said, look, I'm going to go because you don't know anything, clearly. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like talking to a brick wall. Yeah. It's got a button on it that says, I don't know. So when you find something out, just drop me an email. So I didn't hear anything. So I phoned up the next day. I said, look, what's going on with this one? You told me you didn't know the other day. What's going on? I said, oh, yeah, that's coming. That's probably the end of November. Probably. <laughs> it's, yeah. So I don't really mind too much because I'm not buying a car. You know, I'm not remortgaging the house. I'm not buying, you know something crazy money it's not that much but it's just the frustration of nobody can actually say yes this is happening i understand that you know at times stock issues can be a bit meh especially when you've got like exclusives coming from overseas and stuff but it would just be Mm. nice if somebody said look here's the reason why but you're going to get it here or whatever no i know i know know yeah yeah, you just you just want to know yeah so it's just the constant we don't know i have no clue it's almost like they're saying, look, just trust us. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we, it's coming. We don't know exactly when, but just, you know, have some faith and it'll be with you. And, you know. I, and I'm sure any, I was going to say, I'm sure any week now, when we sit down to record, <laughs> you'll suddenly just pop up on the screen. You'll be like, he's arrived. So I'm sure any, any time now. Yeah. He'll just be on screen. But so. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he will. So yeah, that's all I've been up to, mate. Just arguing with Forbidden Planet and. <laughs> looking out for some other stuff but yes not much else yeah yeah anyways shall we land the TARDIS and do a bit of news yeah So a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about Sharda that's being re- Sharda! <laughs> I can't, <laughs> can't yeah. say the name without doing that, yeah. Uh, so he, we gave you the, the scoop on the whole being animated and some re-recording done and all that jazz. And so good news for our uh, listeners down under. Uh, they're getting a cinema release for Sharda. 
Ooh. which is always exciting to see any type of Doctor Who on a big screen. Yeah. So if you are around, um, where are we? What part of Australia? Because it's not small, is it? Australia? No, it's not. It's not. Right? It's not small. It's not <laughs> I small. can hear Sammy shouting at you from yeah. here. It's not small, Gary. Uh, I can't. It might be all over Australia because normally they no. say it's in like Sydney or it's somewhere. But anyways, on November the twenty fourth, uh, all it says is participating cinemas. All oh, right. So I can't actually say where. Um, but yes, um, this is really cool. So I, I love it when uh, cinemas grab hold of who and see and and deem it worthy enough for the big screen and i think this could be very cool to be yeah. played on uh, in on the big screen yeah me too Matt. i was gonna say I, I can already hear everybody here in the uk screaming at us as well going why haven't we got it why have we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i suppose the thing i mean we have got one very limited cinema showing at this aren't we at the bfi are going to be showing it yes um sometime soon can't remember when it is next month i think um so we did, did get that and I, I i know why people do go mad about these things because we would love that i mean if, if this was in the cinema near us we'd be going wouldn't we for sure oh, of course so, yeah. so it is a very cool thing but uh, obviously yeah it's in, Aust- in australia so it's a little bit far to go um uh, to see it on the big screen for me and you but it's yeah it's a very cool event i think i think this would look great on the big screen actually i'm still hoping <laughs> fingers crossed we managed to get tickets to the bfi one to see this on the big screen but uh we probably we probably yeah. won't but um because i think there's only about 200 seats in that <laughs> cinema in there if that yeah um, whereas uh, this looks a bit more um well like you said it's going to be in more than one cinema for a start so yes yeah, so that's quite exciting yeah yeah um right in other news uh jamie childs uh, has been announced as the first director um confirmed for series 11 of doctor who now i must admit mate i don't it's not a name i know i don't know you know as soon as it was announced I saw jamie childs never heard of him but uh, apparently he's quite quite good quite up and coming he's done uh, episodes of um vera and stanley's lucky man i don't know i used to, i watched uh, that on Sky, uh-huh. it's not a bad series. So yeah, so that's good. So we're starting to get a little bits of news trickling through about series eleven. Uh, he was also responsible for directing the thirteenth Doctor reveal. Yes, apparently, yeah. which yes. is interesting because it was a well, it was a good reveal. I suppose I just keep thinking of the TARDIS. I just can't <laughs> get past it. I'm I afraid. Know, I know. But that's probably not his fault. It's probably nothing to do with the director, but. But uh, <laughs> still thinking of the little meme that someone did where the TARDIS fell over like a little um, cardboard cow. But um, yeah, so he's been announced as, as the first director announced for Series 11 of Doctor Who. We don't know what episode he's doing yet. Um, but uh, yeah, so no, you know, no doubt uh, we'll get a few more bits through. Uh, production work on Series 11 starts, oh, actually began last week, it says here. Production on Series 11 began last week. So they're actually, they're filming. It's happening. Wow. Did, did not know that uh, for transmission in autumn 2018, it says. Hmm. So they've started then. Sorry, I've only just read that. Sorry to say it 20 times, but I'm a bit shocked. I did not realize production was started. Autumn oh. 2018. I thought that we were getting Doctor Who a bit earlier than that. Next no. year. No, I knew it was because I kept hearing that it was going back. Ah, yeah. Okay. I yeah. thought it was summertime. Oh, okay. So autumn. Okay. Mm. Awesome. It's going to be ages, mate. It's going to be ages, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. That's cool news, though. A bit of news trickling through. 
Yeah, and I and I, I was saying earlier, time goes so quick. Not that I want it to. I don't, don't want to wish time away. But we say we said this was series ten, didn't we? Oh, it's so far away. Yeah, and then the next yeah. thing you know, it's it's been on TV. We've reviewed it and forgotten it. So it'll soon rattle around. <laughs> it but, will. Uh, yeah. 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 Cool. So there you go, Jamie Childs, first director announced for S eleven. S eleven. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to do for news. Shall we get our grumpy friend in? Go on then. How is he today? Can, we, can I see his little lights? Oh, he looks. Yeah, his little lights are flashing. Look through the door. I was going to say. Can't wait to come in. Yeah, Ooh. he's a bit happier today because we're talking Good. about his mates in the review today. Oh, that's what it is. So let's let's have a look. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. No, is the answer. <laughs> is there no cup of tea with that? No, the cat, the cat agrees. Oh, not even a cuppa these days. He's getting he, even when he's in a good mood. Yeah. He still has to just push it. We have to get that baseball bat out again. I think he is wobbly. <laughs> yeah, he is wobbly today. Isn't he? He's all over the shop. He looks like he's been on the sherry. Yeah, he's had a few. Uh, Got a few sherbets. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't like that baseball bat comment. Look, look. He's off. No, he's not happy with that at all. Oh <laughs> uh, well, he'll get over it. What's he got then? Right. So big finish themed. Oh, lots. Yeah, stuff. So a couple of things to go through. First up, the fourth Doctor, Mister Baker, has <laughs> teamed up with River Song. River Song. So what's this about then? What's all this about then? So is this a, is this a river set? Is it a fourth Doctor set? What is it? It's a river set. So series oh, four okay. of The Diary of River Song, which you oh, probably yeah. have heard of from Big Finish already, uh, yeah. is going to be released in August next year. And uh, she will, yeah, she will encounter uh, Doctor number four. Right. In said story. Um so yeah, um, let's see if I can find some spiel on this because it it goes through some other stories. So series they they reference um, series three, which is out in January next year, and that will feature Mister Davison as the fifth Doctor, right? And it's not until series four that we get Mister Baker, slightly later in the year. Um, so it's got a little bit about series three, but the only information we have on series four is that it just stars um, Tom Baker in series four. That's it. I was trying to think because I've got the first set when like McGann's in it. Uh, I remember thinking it wasn't too bad actually because I wasn't when I ordered it. I was like, I was like, I'm not River's biggest fan. I can take her or leave her. Um, but I remember sort of finding it quite an enjoyable listen actually because um, I was wondering how they're going to get around the whole McGann thing as well. Mm, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it kind of worked. I'm just trying to think. I can't remember who's in the second box set. Is it Colin or is it Silv? I just I just don't know now. Colin um, rings a bell. I'm just trying to find it. Here we go. Diary of River Song. Oh, yeah, it was Colin and Sylv. Oh, both of them. Okay. We're in, we're in the yeah. second set. So that's what I see. I see what they're doing. I see what doing. So Davison's <laughs> in the, the next one, and then Mr. Baker. Gotcha. Yeah, it all works out. I don't know. It, it can work. I mean, as I said, I'm not River's biggest fan, but I don't mind her on the other hand. And uh, she was, she did work quite well on audio, I thought. So I'll probably get that. And it, you know, it's Tom. I love Tom, <laughs> anything with Tom. So even if it's a bit cringy or a bit, 
you know, not Big Finish's best work, it'll probably still be quite enjoyable, I would thought. So, I don't know. When's it actually out? Yeah, so Series 3 is out in January, so just a couple of months for that one. With, right. With Davison, and then Davison. Series 4 with Tom Baker's out in August of next year. Oh, okay. And then apparently a fifth series is planned for January 2019. Oh, right. I wonder who they're going to have in that, because all of them have run out of doctors at that point. David <laughs> Bradley. Gonna get David Bradley, doctor. yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I know you'll pick this one up, because it's uh, Tom, but I, I, I just I can't listen to I love River. Tom. Yeah. You don't like River. I know what you mean. I didn't mean, and you're not alone, because um, a lot of the guys I was chatting to uh, um, in one of the group chats, I mean, on Facebook, were saying the same thing. Uh, they're particularly into their big finish stuff. Um, and as soon as this came up, they were like, they were not up for it at all. They're like, no, oh, God, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Big finish. No. So, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but I probably will just because I love Baker. Anything yes. with Baker. Um, this is uh, uh, the other thing that he's brought in on his tray um, is is another big finish release, which is coming out June next year. Um, see, this might be one that you want, but I'm not sold on this. I don't know. I'm a bit 50-50. Oh, I'm 50-50, so, mate. Yeah. You're 50-50. Okay, yeah. so we are talking about uh, Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, uh, which is the name of the set. So those of you that remember, what was the episode? Oh, it was called The Doctor's Daughter, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Dave Tennant episode. Um, we'll remember Jenny and the fact that she, I think it was at the request of Stephen Moffat, wasn't it? Cause she sort of died in it and then then it was revealed right at the end that she was still alive. That's I think right. Moffitt yeah. asked for that to happen, um, which is bizarre because he's never done anything with it. So that was, you know, we've only ever seen Jenny in that one episode and then we've never heard of her again, have we? Maybe the odd fleeting reference, but yeah. so yeah, big yeah. finish as they do have picked up that strand and they're releasing this box. The next year it's going to have four stories uh, written by uh, Matt Fitton, who does a lot of stuff for Big Finish. Johnny, uh, John Dormy. 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 Yep. Yeah. Christian Brassington mm-hmm. and Adrian Pinton. Why can't these people have straightforward names <laughs> that I can pronounce? Like John Smith. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sure those names mean uh, something to a lot of the Big Finish people. But So, yeah, four stories. It's a five-disc set. So the fifth disc is probably a making of, um, I should think. And that's coming out, yeah, next year in June. And to the pre-order price, I mean, it's £23. It does go up after release. Um, so, yeah, if this is your thing, if you're, you've been crying out for more of the Doctor's Daughter adventures, then this will be for you. It's got an Ood on the front cover, which is quite cool. It's got a young man on the cover, which I don't recommend. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is, to be honest. Or something. Yeah, don't know. Um, don't know. So yeah, I'm not sure. It, like you, mate, I'm a bit fifty-fifty. Not really. It's not one where I'm Im- immediately pressing the pre-order, but um, yeah, I see what people say when it comes out. I think. Yeah, I'm fifty-fifty on it, mate. When I have to wait and see, but um, yeah. So I mean, Georgia Tennant, she was quite good as Jenny in in the episode. Yeah, she, she was very yeah. good. And um, yeah, for those unaware, it's David Tennant's better half. Yes, his betrothed. And, uh, and Peter Davison's daughter, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So it's Gosh. all very who in that family. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but interesting enough, uh, she's actually um, a producer on this as well. Oh, is she really? Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's directed by Barnaby Edwards. He's pretty good. He's good, yeah. Um, yeah, so it could be good. I mean, it does have that sort of RTD flavour about it as well. The, um, I just think it, it, will, it sounds like it'll be good old sort of series three, 
four-ish kind of who. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm. Um, yeah, The Prisoner of the Ude. Sounds like an interesting story, but yeah, yeah. when's this out, mate? Uh, June, was it June next year? I've closed the town uh, now. June, yes. June next year, yeah. North. So, could be good. Yeah. We'll have a look. That's it. That's it on his tray this week, isn't there? Anything That's else? It, no, no little titans or anything? No. We'll no. see if he has something more next week. It's too miserable, isn't he? Yeah, I did see on the merch page, actually, um, I was wondering if he might have it, but I, until I realised it's US only, uh, there's a dreadful Cyberman nutcracker. <laughs> I've seen just it. Been, just yeah. been added to the page. I was thinking, oh, I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> and then I realised it was a uh, US only, but um, no, I don't yeah. think he'll be bringing that in on his tray anytime soon. Yeah. Anyways, revisits yeah. month. Right. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. This has been a long time coming. It has. What story are we going to do first? Well, it has to be uh, Remembrance of the Daleks. Doctor Who is back for the new season on one. Me? The Doctor? What's the matter? Don't you recognise a mortal enemy? The devil is a Dalek. This is Earth, 1963. I was here before. I left something behind. Something very dangerous. You mean the hand of Omega? Yes. Stay where you are! Doctor! Doctor Who returns with a new adventure next Wednesday at 7.35 on one. Sugar? Ah, a decision. Would it make any difference? Would make your tea sweet? Yes, but beyond the confines of my taste buds, would it make any difference? Not really. But... Yeah? What if I could control people's taste buds? What if I decided that no one would take sugar? That'd make a difference to those who sell the sugar and those who cut the cane. My father, he was a cane cutter. Exactly. Now, if no one had used sugar, your father wouldn't have been a cane cutter. If this sugar thing had never started, my great-grandfather wouldn't have been kidnapped, chained up and sold in Kingston in the first place. I'd be an African. See? Every great decision creates ripples. Like a huge boulder dropped in a lake. The ripples merge, rebound off the banks in unforeseeable ways. The heavier the decision, the larger the waves, the more uncertain the consequences. Life's like that. Best thing is just to get on with it. <laughs> what yeah. Oh, it's a brilliant scene. Do you know what? Playing that... Um that uh intro in as well before though about you know doctor who back on our screens man that took me back um because i i remember that i remember watching that really? as a kid thinking yeah. yeah my god that was really taking me back that <laughs> i mean literally i can just see almost taking me straight back to my parents front room oh, wow. just like thinking oh my god doctor who's back <laughs> <laughs> wow i haven't heard that for ages Amazing. Awesome. The, the bee went through there very cheesy announcing phase oh yeah coming soon <laughs> to bbc it's doctor who saturday at one and they used to um they used to reference bbc one as just one but they, <laughs> yeah. they don't they never do that anymore it's always they have to say like bbc one or bbc two but they used to be really trendy with it and they almost used to sound like um like local radio djs yeah yeah i know what you mean it's so funny yeah, yeah it's uh, try and appeal to younger viewers i suppose Oh, I, I yeah. just remember being so excited by that trailer. It's just that shot of the Doctor peering around the bricks going, oh, hey, don't you recognise oh, yeah. Mortal Enemy? And the Dalek turning. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Can't wait for this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. very mega. <laughs> <laughs> Remembrance of the Daleks. 
So, yes. It was brought to us back in 88 in October. It's a four-parter. It was uh, written by Ben Aronovich. Yeah. Directed by Andrew Morgan. JNT is uncredited. Apparently did direct some of it. Oh, did he? And overseen by uh, Andrew Cartmel. And the story is thus, the Doctor and Ace um, head back to Coal Hill. Um, where uh, sort of a unit uh, uh, strike force is about to take on a, a Dalek, uh, and it, which turns out to be two sort of factions of Daleks that are landed on Earth to try and uh, get the hand of Omega, which is this thing, isn't it? It's like a, a very powerful weapon. Very uh, the, powerful. The actual thing itself isn't a hand. It's just been called that, but it's like this device that can like blow the crap out of pretty much anything. Yes. And, uh, so the doctor's working alongside unit and there's a bit of deception going on and, um, and the doctor sort of tricks them at the end and Davros pops up and yeah, there's loads of stuff going on. It is. I was, you know, I was watching this cause I mean, I have seen it so many times and uh, I, I always like to watch them before we review them anyway. So I did give it another watch and uh, I just uh, was amazed how much is going on in this story. Lots. It's just like, yeah, there's so much going on in it. Yeah. Lots, lots. Yeah. Um, so the reason why we chose to look at this one um, uh, for our revisits month is when I first reviewed this with Adam, when we spoke about it many moons ago mm. on the show, I was less than favorable <laughs> Yeah, in my um, in my opinion on it, and that was twofold really, mainly because of the story itself, and also because of McCoy. I was just not McCoy's biggest fan at all back then, because I tried to get into it, and I'd watched sort of two or three stories of his, and I just could not get into his take on the Doctor. I mm. didn't like the theme. I didn't like McCoy. I didn't like the rolling R's all the time. I didn't. Oh like, yeah, it used to drive you mad, yeah, didn't it? it? Drive me mad. I didn't like the um, <laughs> his his outfit as the Doctor. I hated how the Daleks are represented in this. You know, I I just didn't like it at all. No, I remember being really shocked because it's yeah. one of the first reviews we did. I think it was. Yeah. It's very early on, isn't it? And um. Yeah, I remember sort of saying because you were sort of saying, you know, what, you know, what story should I watch? You know, I'm just getting, you know, getting to these doctors and McCoy. I've got a few, but I was like, wait, if you, yeah, you must watch Remembrance of the Daleks because that's the one of the best stories ever. You must watch that. <laughs> so when we come to do the review, we never discuss our thoughts on the story before, and um, I was just expecting you to love it. I was thinking everybody loves Remembrance. It's you know, it's brilliant. And then, and then you were just like, no, oh, I've really, no, I'm just didn't do anything for me really. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was genuinely shocked. I was just like, no, this can't be true. <laughs> um, yeah. and then, I mean, some of the, I mean, the thing is it didn't make, you know, as with any review, I remember thinking, well, okay, I can see what you mean. The Daleks do wobble and, you know, um, and you haven't got into McCoy yet. Okay. But it's weird. So what, tell me, I mean, I, I know, but go through what's changed like when did it change because now you you love this story right yes because i do i mean i absolutely adore remembrance of that. it's probably one of my favorite ever doctor who stories but when did it change for you mate what 
when did yeah. you put it on you must have at some point thought oh i better give it another go because i think some of the listeners probably gave you a bit of flag as well saying what gary what are you talking about it's good brilliant and they did absolutely yeah, yeah. and yeah if anybody wants to listen to our original review of this mm. if you head over to the website and go to episode six oh wow that's how early on it, it was june 2014 oh gosh yeah many moons ago and you'll hear me going absolutely you know sh- putting it through the shredder for sure mm, yeah. and uh, but yeah so what changed well i tell you what the moment that it changed for me i, I can't really put my finger on it exactly but i had the soundtrack on I was, I was doing some work and i had the the 50th anniversary soundtrack you know it just goes through each doctor's era and picks yeah, it up yeah. you know and i was off doing something i was i don't know messing around with something i could and i heard mccoy's theme come on and for some reason because i was listening to it in another room it sounded slightly different to me hmm. i don't know why it just sounded slightly different so i came in and i looked at the screen i thought oh that's mccoy's theme so i turned it up and i, I started it from the beginning again and i thought hmm it sounds pretty good because i wasn't a fan of it at all before then no. and I, I turned it up and quite loud and i played it from the beginning and i thought I want to go and watch some Doctor Who now. Hmm. It really, for some, you know, sometimes when you when you're not in the mood for watching something, or you don't think you are, but then you'll you'll hear somebody talking about a TV show, or you'll hear a little snippet of a soundtrack or something, and that just turns you know turns the switch. Yeah, and, yeah, I know exactly. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. suddenly yeah. you think, right, well, I, I fancy watching that now. Just feel like watching it. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so I went down and I I can't remember what story I put on. I think it was Curse of Fenric. I think it was either that or greatest show. Hmm. So I stuck one of those on and I thought I'm, I'm actually glued to this. Hmm. You know, the first episode for credits went by and I thought, okay, I'm going to carry on. And then from that moment on, I think it was just a snowball effect. Yeah. So, you know, I started to I sort of take off my critical hat and my skeptical hat and just sort of went with it really. And then after a few weeks, a few weeks had gone past and I'd watched pretty much all of McCoy's stuff. And I, it was just the most, it was a real bizarre transformation because I'd gone mm. from feeling quite strongly that I didn't like it at all. Because it was the only era of Doctor Who that I wasn't a fan of at the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember. <clears throat> you know, I'd liked everything else previous and all the modern stuff. It was the only era that I just couldn't get into at that point. But then, yeah, it was just hearing that soundtrack. Just sub, it must have been subconsciously because I was off doing something in another room, mm. and for some reason, it just made me stop what I was doing and made me think, "Oh, that's, that sounds really cool." I think that might be McCoy's. I can't be sure. So I came in here, like I said, and replayed it. Got me into mm. it. Watched a few stories, and then it just snowballed. So a few weeks after that, I thought, "I can't. Why did I dislike it so much? This is awesome." And um, it's been a bit of a, I mean, this sounds like a bit of a love letter really to McCoy and, and that era. But since then I've just, I absolutely love McCoy. Mm. And it's such an underrated era of Doctor Who, I think, because I, I that, the opinion that I used to have, I think is shared amongst quite a few fans of Who. If you, if you put, you know, if you go to a convention and put all the Who fans in a room and say, rank your doctors, McCoy never really finishes up in the top, three or four it's always mm. tom baker Troughton and hartnell and probably mcgann now and you know probably davison i would say 
for some people yeah. over McCoy. Pertwee, Pertwee's always popular. Uh, sorry, yeah, Pertwee as well. And yeah, and, and that's how I view it now. I, I view him as such an underrated. And I remember talking to, um, when we went to London Film and Comic Con this year, and we were hanging out with the Who Addicts guys, and I was talking to Matt and Liv, and Liv was saying that she felt the she or she still feels the same. I don't know if she still does, but she feels the same that she just cannot get into uh, McCoy. She just really mm. doesn't like, you know, any of the ep- the stories and him as the Doctor. And it's exactly how I felt. And I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to get people into. I think it's just an organic thing you just go through because, yeah. If you know what I mean, it's not one thing where you can say, right, go and watch this story and then you'll like McCoy's era and all that stuff or go and do this. I think you just have to naturally discover it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I do. And there is a progression to McCoy's Doctor, isn't there? I mean, maybe that's it because because you hadn't seen that many McCoy stories when you watch Remembrance. So it's almost like just jumping straight into the deep end. Yeah. So you hadn't sort of seen his Doctor evolve. So you're sort of taking him, you know, um, just on face value of that story. And I think there is a definite progression there is. to McCoy. Yeah. So if you watch him from start to finish, um, I think at this point, so this is, you know, this kicked off his second series. I think at this point, he's really started to get to grips with the character where obviously in his first series, he, you know, he's finding his way as any doctor has to, um, which is why it always amazes me that Chris Trekster was so amazing in his just one series. But you know what I mean? They still have to find their little quirks and iron out, you know, yes. what's right yep. for their doctor and stuff. And, um, you know, and I think one of the things I love about McCoy in terms of finding his doctor is, you know, if you watch the making of, of, of Remembrance, he talks about a scene where he was the one who was supposed to, uh, fire the rocket launcher at the Dalek, and he was like instantly, like as soon as he saw the script, was like, no, 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 my doctor doesn't do that. He he doesn't use violence to solve problems. He uses, you know, he's he's all psychological, and he wouldn't do yeah. that. Ace would do it. Give it, give that to Ace. Give that scene to Ace. So I'm thinking, so by this point, he's he's worked out what his doctor is, what he would do, what he wouldn't do, and stuff like that. Whereas you know, back in you know, time of the Rani Paradise Towers and all that, he probably would have just read the script and done whatever it said. But, you know, he's, yeah, that's why I, I love about his doctor. He totally progresses. And then obviously in the third series becomes much darker. We get the darker jacket and, you know, he's much more mysterious, but you know, that mystery creeps in a lot more in series two, I think. So yeah, I think that's probably yeah. what it is. So, I mean, yeah, when you watch this, you haven't seen that much McCoy. So you've seen a couple, he is a little bit more, um, I don't know. He's he is a serious actor, but you know what I mean. I suppose if you were if you take a, if a couple of his episodes, you might think he's a bit clown-like at times. Um, so that that probably come across. But yeah, but no, I mean I'm I'm so pleased because I I love the McCoy era, and I remember thinking at the time, oh no, I really want Gary <laughs> to see what I see, and it's really weird because you you do, and I mean not everybody changes their mind like that. You know, some people they just if they don't like a story, they can watch it a hundred times. They still won't like that story. But thankfully, as you've watched his era, you've, you've sort of seen, I think what I like about the stories and he's really grown on you. I mean, this story I think is, I think the pinnacle for me, it's, it's definitely his best. I mean, I, I, I like a lot of the McCoy era, but this story for me is, is an absolute, absolute classic. And then, you know, in the doctor who world, if you yeah. like, yeah, it's it's a story. The way it ties everything in, it's got 
lots of nice references to the first episode so it's you know it's obviously this is the 25th anniversary series so you know they throw those little nods in mm-hmm. but they're not done in a tacky way i think it all works brilliantly so yeah but yeah yeah it's good i'm glad you came back to it. i mean i know you've you've watched this story a lot of times since mm-hmm. we first reviewed it and i think um i, I don't know when it was but I, I seem to remember you tweeted me saying something along the lines of i've just watched remembrance again and i blimmin loved it or something and i was like what yeah. i thought you hated it and you're like no no i've watched it and i i loved it and I'm like, oh man yeah that's good it's no. weird because remember when we were chatting to our friend cameron k McEwen at, in slough um and he 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 doesn't like the mccoy era at all and i remember thinking the same thing because i think i was saying i loved it and you were like yeah i don't know i'm a bit undecided on mccoy and he was like, nah, well, don't blame you. Don't, you know, and I was thinking, <laughs> I, I always want him to rediscover McCoy. I was thinking, no, Cameron, you're wrong. McCoy <laughs> era is great, you know. And also a lot of fans out there love the McCoy era. And of course, when I was at school, you know, none of my mates liked Doctor Who. It was, it was washed up. <laughs> and it took a long time, I think, for people to appreciate McCoy's era. I think, you know, for, for a long time afterwards, even when the DVDs were coming out, fans were like, oh, that's when the show was dying dying a death and look at the production values and look how you know look how clown like mccoy is he wasn't very good and and that there's definitely been a shift i've seen i've noticed it you know what i mean there's a fan that's been watching this when these were on the actual telly to right the way through to now when they're on dvd and reach the whole new um section of fandom you know i've seen the change i've seen a lot of people really shift over from thinking the mccoy era is a tacky you know that's what killed the show off to I love the McCoy era. Yes, the budget may have been shocking, but they, you know, but it's a, you know, the stories are great. I mean, the, the stories in his era are brilliant. I think not all of them, but you know, a lot of them. And this one in particular, I think, is a brilliant story. Indeed, mate, yeah. it's a yeah. great. So I remember that moment as well when I, I messaged you and said, "Remembrance." Yeah, because I was really shocked yeah. and I was really pleased at the same time. I was like, "Yes, you were like, whoa, yeah. he likes it. He loves it." Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's a bit of a troubled time for who as well, this when this story was set, because like you say, a lot of people do view it as, oh, it's you know, when the show was winding down and it was washed it's up. Last and, legs. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I don't think that really detracts from the story or anything like that. I think it's in some respects, I think it does really well because it's almost like this because I I would say that at this point in time that especially John Nathan Turner, he would have been having meetings with people at the BBC and they would have said, you know, the ratings are still not there and, you know, it's not doing that great and X, Y, and Z. So I think mm-hmm. he would have known that, not that necessarily that the show was going to be axed relatively soon at this point, but that, you know, the writing was on the wall sort of thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. It is a troubled time. I think he'd want to move on as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, round about now, I think he was saying, you know, I've done that. I've done this. So, yeah. And they, yeah. they, I think they couldn't find anyone else to do it, and he was kind of coaxed into carrying on as producer. I'm not sure if it was this series or the last series. I can't remember. But yeah, it's a very troubled time for the show. And one thing that amazes me, even watching this again last night, and it, it does amaze me, is what they managed to create with the budget i mean people will watch this and think oh gosh you know look at that (laughs) that cardboard spaceship flying through space oh that's really funny but man 
you, I'll tell you what, if you, you know, if you went back and looked at the budget, this thing had you've the explosions, the, the full size spaceship that they built to land in the school, you know, just the whole production values are, believe me, incredible for what they yeah. were working with back yeah. then. Do you know what I mean? It's really easy to just sit there and laugh at it and say, well, that bit looks absolutely shocking. And, you know, oh, yeah. But believe me, I, I, I mean, it, I think it's incredible what they managed to get on screen um, in this. You've got Ace jumping through windows, smashing up Daleks with a bat, you know, as I said, explosions left, right and centre, like the, the bit where the military guy gets blown over the sandbags by a Dalek and stuff. It's proper. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that you can tell that when they made this, there is so much love and effort gone into this production uh-huh. yeah. on, on, a, on a very small budget. And, you know, uh, it really shows, I think, just all the way through. I mean, the cast are 100% into what they're doing. The, the supporting cast are brilliant, I think, in this. You know, you can just tell that they're having a ball making it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, yeah, I just think it all comes across on screen. So even though it may look a little um, dated at times on screen, I think it still stands up as a brilliant piece of television. In fact, some of the tackiness, I think even it makes it even more charming, if you know what I mean. Yeah. In terms of the effects, I think it's quite, yeah. I, I just think it, it all works for me, you know. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I had uh, picked up on very negatively when i first when we first reviewed it i said you know the the especially the daleks when they're out on the those cobbled streets in london <laughs> you know they're wobbling and yeah. shaking all over the place and cause yeah, no, one of them the head nearly falls off it one does. Of them. <laughs> yeah because yeah. normally what would happen is and they used to do this way back even like the pertwee and the trouton eras when there was when they went to a location and they had daleks there uh, sort of off camera they would put tracks on the floor so that the the Daleks obviously didn't have to go over rough terrain and be shaken everywhere. But mm. because the way this was directed, you see the Daleks in full view. So you see them on the roads themselves, you know, yeah. trundling along. So they couldn't obviously do that. You couldn't have tracks on the floor. So they have to, then there's no, um, like, you know, because the budget wasn't great on Doctor Who ever in the classic years, they couldn't make these like, they couldn't put suspension in the Daleks. They couldn't do this fancy, you know, buffering system on the wheels or anything. You just, so, but having said that, when I watch back, when I watch it now, I think, well, think about it this way. If there was a, you know, if Daleks were real, then they probably would be shaking around everywhere because it's no different than driving a car Mm. or, or a bicycle down a very heavily cobbled street. You know, it doesn't matter what you're, you know, you're moving in it is going to shake and wobble around. So I just, but for me, I was just, when I first reviewed it with you, I was just in sort of target mode. I was just after anything that would, you know, that I could latch onto that was negative because I didn't like it. So I thought, mm. yeah, that's rubbish and that's awful and that looks Look terrible. That. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like you say, it does have that charm about it now. And that's one of the things that's brilliant about Classic Who is that charm, is that that kind of, appreciation for its cheapness if that makes sense Mm. it's like i don't know it just holds that even though like fans of the show know the reason why the sets are wobbly and the daleks are shaky and all that stuff people that aren't a fan of it will look at it and think oh my god yeah you know that's (laughs) crikey that they you know they're in negative bloody budget let alone have any money to do anything um so yeah yeah 
I was going to say, and that's but on the sort of plus side, of that so you look at the sort of the the grey Daleks, they are wobbly, and then you but on the plus side, you get like the uh, Imperial white and gold ones mm-hmm. that seem they are really, I think they look fantastic on screen, like mm-hmm. when they're gliding around the school and um, floating up the steps. I mean, that cliffhanger to episode one is superb, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. I, and even he's a little bit shaky because <laughs> apparently it was a load of guys lifted him via a scaffolding or something under the steps apparently uh, you know it's even he's a bit shaky but you know i think they look great and then coming back to our friend that we were talking about earlier the special weapons dalek i think he looks awesome when he's blowing the doors off and and uh didn't they um what was the thing that famous story about the explosion was so big that the when they were filming on location they had the, the fire engines turned turn up, up. they thought there was there'd been a a, a terrorist attack or something That's didn't right. they? Yeah. you know so yeah they were really going for it if you know what i mean in terms of what what they had but um but yeah i always think for every sort of bit that doesn't look that good on screen there's a bit that more than makes up for it i always think you know, yeah. like like the effect of the guy getting shot by the Dalek and you get the skeleton effect. I, I still think that looks pretty decent. I mean, that's quite hard to do for 1988 or yeah. whenever this was made. Um, yeah. Was it 88? 88, yeah. You know, these things, that we're, they're sort of taken for granted now because we can do it so easily. But, you know, we're talking sort of... Uh, 30 odd years ago yeah. well, <laughs> so, i think that's down to uh, the, the director andrew morgan was well up for it because he yeah. basically said look because he did time in the rani and he said look, look uh, that was all good but it's got to be so much better than that you know we're years on now mm. you know we have got better production values and you know this has got to be a lot better so he absolutely went to town on the uh, that was one of his kind of uh sort of mandates for the for being a director is like, look, the, the effects have got to sell it, you know? So if we're going to have explosions, then I want bloody massive explosions, you know? And they are, yeah. And they're huge. Yeah. So I think, um, I think McCoy said in the special or somebody in an interview said that some of the explosions set off all the car alarms in the surrounding streets yeah. and people were like, what's going on? And <laughs> smoke, there was pouring out of Daleks and people saw the smoke over the wall and they're like, Oh my God, everything's on fire. <laughs> um, it's funny because it says here, and I've, I've never heard this before, but apparently Andrew Morgan was so invested in, like you said, making this a great mm-hmm. production with the budget. He wanted to put as much money into it as possible, and apparently it went over budget by <laughs> £13,000. And as a result, he was barred from directing uh, Doctor Who again, that's which uh, I've never yeah. heard that before, but yeah. that's what it says on the on the wiki page, so it must be true. Uh, but, yeah, apparently, that's so, you know, 13000 probably doesn't sound a lot now, but back then, it was, yeah, it's enough to get him sort of struck off directing Doctor again which is a shame because i think it's brilliantly directed i think he does a great job it is actually yes this. yeah and you're, you're bang on there mate Thirteen thousand pounds in today's money <laughs> that doesn't sound like i mean obviously a it's show. a lot of money but for a tv yeah. program doesn't sound a lot but i yeah. tell you what man back in the 80s especially on doctor who that had hardly any money you know they had their budget allocated to them for the series and that was your lot if yeah, you went over you, you went over and that was it so, I mean, thirteen thousand pounds over budget on an episode of Doctor Who in the eighties—that is a—that's like saying, you know, EastEnders and series a single episode of EastEnders went over budget by like three million pounds. Mm. It's it sounds like a ridiculous it's amount of money, ridic- yeah. But that's what imagine. it would have been like, yeah. Thirteen mm. thirteen grand was massive, you know, and they couldn't afford to lose that. So he would have got his kicked. 
Yeah. All I over mean, the I, place. Yeah. I guess, yeah, hopefully when he watches it now, he sort of thinks, well, it was worth it. <laughs> the fact that he was probably like, oh, what have I done? Yeah. But he probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go on, get out. Wasting yeah. all the money. He's like, you'll thank me one day. This will be yeah. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully the DVD sales have made up for it. Uh, uh, yeah, they should, yeah. 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 Uh, but that is cool. And he went nuts. Yeah. So I think there was another uh, uh, a red, but the, the, um, you know, the junkyard, you know, the gates to the, the junkyard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totter's Lane. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually an ITV storage facility behind it. Oh no, that's uh, that's in the the lockup, isn't it? Oh, the yeah, lockup, sorry, different so, yeah. place. Yeah, I know what you mean. ITV Studios or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah so, so not only did they, you know, completely destroy the um the 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 gate that was part of the effect, but they also blew out all of the windows. That's right. And everything in the surround. It was crazy. Um, it is mad when you think of it. It is. Yeah. yeah. But if if you look back, if you watch it now, it does add that extra bit of oomph to the story because if you look mm. back at effects previous to this and you know especially as you go back each era you know if you go back to collins and davison's every time you go back you know the effects look more puny you know mm. as you go back so if you think about like a little puff of smoke that went off somewhere that was meant to be an explosion in davison's era somewhere you know it's it's worlds apart it's a proper it almost looks like a feature film. Uh, it, well, it does. I was yeah. going to say, it really does. Watching this again yesterday, I was just like, it really does look like they've tried to make a little mini feature film. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about, we're not obviously going to go into everything again, because you can, you know, if the actual story aspects of it, you can knit back onto episode six to hear us talk about story stuff. But let's talk about some of the things that maybe my opinion, I mean, my opinion's changed on everything. Hmm. Is do you feel any differently about it, or or have you remained completely consistent? Like from back in the early days up until now, is it still you love it as much as you always have done? Um, no, I, I must admit, I'd, I'd love to say there's been I, I, I'm pretty consistent. I'll be honest with you because I loved it when it went out. The only thing that's changed really is, if anything, I love it more because at the time, you know, I had no one to share that love with, and mm-hmm. as I said, none of my friends watch doctor who so i was sat there absolutely loving what was on screen you know it was, it was a really just thinking because i'd liked uh, mccoy's first series I'd, I'd only the only time i've ever really found out of love with doctor who was in colin baker's era because right. as a kid i just found it too dark and i didn't like the 45 minute format found it boring and you know because i was very young when colin was on screen to be fair so it didn't do anything for me mccoy I got me back into the show big time. Um, I liked his first series. I did think it, you know, needed, you know, some improvement, you know, it it still wasn't great. But when this come on the screen, I thought it was amazing. I loved it as a kid. And so if anything, my love for it's just got more over the years, which I don't think I can say about many stories, you know, they've either, sometimes they don't, stand up to memory you know sometimes i'll put something on like silver nemesis for example i think i loved when it went out but i watch it now and it really doesn't stand up to my memory of it if you know what i mean but no my with this it's consistent i put it on and i still think it looks great and i still really love watching it i never never get bored of of watching it at all i i literally uh it's a bit of a rarity i think it's 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 one of those stories that i consider to be uh an absolute favorite i you know from start to finish. So yeah, I guess I'm pretty consistent with it, mate, to be fair. Cool. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I know that when you and I have spoken about most of McCoy stuff, mm. I've never heard you waver, really. You've always been fairly... It's one that, yeah, yeah it's one, it's consistency, a good word. Mm. It's one that I've, I've always loved and, and never, it, it never disappoints when I put it on. Yeah. I must admit, when I watched it last night, that in the same way that I've, I've, I must have watched this one probably five or six times in the past year, mm. year to sort of 18 months, I would say. And every time I watch it, I do get that smile on my face. When, um, you know, when you just see the Coal Hill sign at the beginning and the kids yep. are going in and the camera comes around and you just see the, the, uh, the, the doctor and Ace there. And, um, it's just like they've lived that role. It feels so, it, they come across so natural. Um, Sophie Eldred is so good as Ace and obviously McCoy's brilliant as the doctor, but they just seem like, because this is the start of series two for them uh sometimes in the first one you think are they going to take a little while to get back into it mm. you know are they going to hit the ground running it just brings a smile on my face when they've the camera comes around and they're standing in front of that weird black van with the big aerial on top yeah you know and they're talking about, and you can see mccoy immediately processing stuff in his head can't you in, a, in the same mm. way that he does in uh, most of series two and three, especially in, in his third series, as we get into, like he does it at the start of survival. You know, when Sophie and the doctor, they're just, it, I know he knows, does he knows stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's precisely. Yeah. They were, they're on just a normal street, nothing happening at all. Nothing suspicious. It's all quiet. It's all happy, but there's just something in his mind. He can sense that something isn't right. Something's mm. going down somewhere. And that really brings a smile to my face when I watch a McCoy episode like that because he's so good at that sort of... His, his face, it doesn't look like he's... Like when some actors, when they try and do that naturally taking stuff in, yeah. Mm. Sometimes they can come across like they're a bit... They're over-egging the pudding a little bit. It looks like they're trying... Someone's given them like this immense maths equation and yeah, they're trying know, to yeah. figure it out in their head. But <laughs> McCoy's had this subtle way of just glancing around and almost like when ace is talking to him it's almost like she's talking to him and he's only 90 percent there mm. you know he can hear yeah. her words and he can answer her you know what she's she, what she's saying but 10 percent of his mind is trying to figure out what's not quite right with the world there's something not and his face says all that without him actually saying to her, look, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Just give me a minute. Mm. And it's wonderful. That, that for me just kicks the story. Even when there's no action going on, we haven't seen a Dalek yet. We haven't seen anything, but it just kicks the story off. You just know that it's going to be a belter because he, mm. he knows that something's coming up. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly. I can see exactly what you're getting at. I've got to just go back to Sophie for a second. Cause um, you mentioned about the chemistry and how they hit the ground running and they absolutely do. And one thing that I nearly always forget when I'm watching this is that it's Ace's first proper story with the doctor. Yes. You know, the, yep. the chemistry, the chemistry between the two of them is fantastic. And it's like, it's like they've been traveling together for ages. Um, and I, and I always think, you know, I totally forget that 
yeah, she only joined the TARDIS at the end mm-hmm. of, of the last series. I mean, she, you know, she appeared in Dragonfire. Um, she's not really with the Doctor for all that much of Dragonfire, from what I remember, although it's a long time since I watched it. But this is her first sort of proper trip in the TARDIS mm-hmm. with McCoy. And it just feels like you said, their relationship is so natural on screen and they just bounce off each other so brilliantly. And gosh, I've got to hand it to Sophie Aldred because when you watch this, you know, and the stuff she is given to do in her first proper story, I mean, they really throw everything at her. Like she has to jump through that window, you know, smash mm-hmm. through the window. She has to beat up a Dalek with a baseball bat. She's on the ground cowering because she's about to be shot. You know, she's got to do the love interest with um, whatever is called. She's dealing with racism in the, you know, in the in the guest house. I mean, it's it's a great first story for for Sophie and they give her loads to do and she does it all brilliantly. And and like I said, and it all comes back to the brilliant relationship she has with, you know, McCoy, because Mm. there's that scene uh, towards the end, episode three or four, whatever it is, where they sit on the steps and it's one of those nice quiet moments because we get a few lovely quiet moments in the story, don't we? Like the cafe scene, which you played in. That's a lovely moment. Then there's this scene with the doctor and Ace sat on the stairs and she's like, will you just sit down and tell me what's going on? Because you seem to know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. And you're keeping me in the dark. And I want to know. And he just sits there. And he's like, oh, he's like, okay, then. Right. So there's these two dark. And he just explains it. But it's just, just seeing them together on screen. I think, you know, Sophie and McCoy are electric from yeah, the get-go. Yeah. You know, and I just, I just, every time I watch it, I keep thinking, this is her first story. It doesn't, yeah, this is just amazing. Yeah, that's what I mean. It feels like she would need a bit of a warm-up period. Not not in terms of her acting skills, but to sort of find her character a little bit more. And Yeah. You know, she does a little bit. She, You know, there is some progression there, but Ace is pretty consistent, I'd say, from the first, like from, yeah, so from Dragonfire right through to Survival. She is relatively consistent. She does have a bit of progression there um, in stories like Fenric and, and Survival, but for the most part, she just... She's boom. She's out the traps and no stopping her. I was going to say it's a, it's, it's so long since I've watched Dragonfire. We and we haven't reviewed it. It's one of the few McCoys we haven't done yet. So I can't really comment on that because I, I honestly can't remember what she's like in Dragonfire. But all I can say is, um, as soon as she's on board the TARDIS, she owns it. Yeah, she's yeah, like you said, she's brilliant in the part. But and again, one of my one of my absolute favourite companions, without doubt. I, I, absolutely, mate. Especially when um, you, you consider that, like you say, this is her first proper story. Because I think in Dragonfire, mm. she was... I think they just made her appear a bit more mouthy and a bit more... Uh, if memory serves me right, she's a little bit more stroppy teenager. But yeah. as I said, it, I haven't watched it for so long, so I can't really say. But that's how I remember her. Whereas this, she's a bit more kick-ass, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, so I think they portrayed her a bit more immaturely. In Dragonfire, yeah. she's a bit more stroppy and she does feel mm. very much like a typical teenager. Yeah. But with this one, she's very, she, it does feel like she's matured a lot in that space of time. Because um, we don't know how much time's elapsed from Dragonfire to this. I assume hardly any at all because they should just be. There's no reference, is there? Not no. that I remember anyway. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. So I, I completely agree, mate. Sophie is just brilliant as Ace and her. It's one of those dream pairings, really. You have it sometimes with... It's a bit like Tennant and and Tate. Mm. You know, that kind of real 
energy that and it's like a combination of energy and just being completely natural and comfortable and that that really cool chemistry between them Hmm. it feels like that they've just got this natural chemistry that and it works on everything as well it works on the quieter scenes when they're just sat down having a talk it works on the scenes where they're fighting daleks or whatever Hmm. it just works it just and and that's one of the things that completely passed me by when I first watched it, I just thought, oh God, this is annoying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, the, the doctor just doing my head in is just really annoying. So because of all that was sort of clouding my eyes, if you like, I hadn't seen past like my own annoyance with it and seen those lovely interactions and appreciated those, those scenes between the two of them. And McCoy mm. has a, a, like you said, that scene in a cafe as well. That's one of the things that's really cool about this four-parter is it has these little slowdown moments where they're just really poignant because sometimes you feel like, oh, they've put this in here to slow it down a bit, you know. And Yeah. But you do feel like it's really poignant because, you know, it sort of pulls that character or those characters out of the main story just for a, just for a few minutes. But it also drives the story forward as well. It's not just there for the sake of being there. Yeah, there's no, it's not padding, is it? I guess I don't think there's, I really don't think there's any padding in this episode at all. In fact, there's loads of bits where it chops and changes, and there's quite a nice, uh, there's quite a few nice twists in it, isn't there? Like when you find out that um, uh, Mike, you know, is actually the spy, and all that's a great little moment because Ace realizes as well at the same time as the viewer, doesn't she? She's like, you scumbag, scumbag, (laughs) you scumbag, you've sold us out. Um, you know, so there's loads, I don't, there isn't much padding at all. If any, in this story is there, it really keeps you guessing all the way through. The only thing I would say, I was going to ask you actually, I mean, cause I, you know, I could just go on forever about how much I love this story, but the only thing I would say is uh, just wondering if you feel it is a doctor who story. And what I mean by that is, it maybe is not for the casual viewer. I think a casual viewer could sit and watch it happily, but whether they would know what was going on is another thing. And that's right, perhaps right. the only thing I could, only sort of slight negative really that I could throw at it. But then again, I'm thinking is, is it, this isn't really, this wasn't made for the casual viewer because it's the 25th anniversary story. So, you know, it's made for the, the fans that have been watching it and they'll, they'll get all the references. So, you know, on the other hand, I don't think it needs to be made for the casual view of the story. It's not what it's there for. But, you know, I do sometimes sit and think, as much as I love this story, would would somebody who doesn't know too much about Doctor Who be able to sit and, and get it? Because I think even when I first watched it, mm. I don't really know that I knew exactly what was going on. I think it, it, it definitely took me a couple of watches to, to get the whole overall picture if you like um i don't think i really got it on a first watch from what i remember because i was doing quite young and you know what i mean I, I just loved what was going on on screen i think at the time yeah but uh, but, but yeah it's not it's not really a criticism but you, you can see what i'm saying there's a lot of there's a lot of references and and things thrown in here that perhaps would be be lost on some uh, some people but you know as a fan i think it's uh gold if you know what i mean it's gold, gold yeah yeah no, I agree, mate. It's, it, it's, it's, I think it depends on your, on your point of view on mm. fan service versus, you know, the, because I think they can get away with it with this one because it was the yeah. 20th, 25th anniversary. So like you say, it was, it was made for the fans who have been watching it for, you know, 
up up to 25 years at that point whether you've mm. been watching it for you know five years or 25 you know it was made for those people i mean as a casual viewer you could get most of it you it, it does it's not like this big minefield of doctor who trivia that you have no clue what's going on in every scene you, i think you get most of it i think it's more to do with the little references that they throw in mm. that you might not get so um but like you said right at the beginning they don't throw those in your face they they are quite subtle um so when you think about oh you know it's totter's lane casual viewer wouldn't have known what the significance of that is but people who have been watching the show for a long time would know that you know, the doctor was the first doctor would have been there, yeah, ar- around that same time period because it's set in the early 60s, isn't it? It's set in, yeah, 1963. So, again, another reference. And, yes. and you get that yeah. bit on the TV where it almost announces the show, sort of breaks the fourth wall. And I've, I've never known <laughs> quite where I stand with that because I kind of love it and don't like it at the same time. It's a weird moment, that one. That's going to come I, on to I that. Kinda like, yeah, yeah, I kind of like it, but it also is slightly. Maybe it was just that one reference too far. I don't know. I, I, I do like it, though, if I'm honest. But Yeah, I was going to come yeah. on to that because yeah. that is a bit of a strange one to put in there. It is, isn't it? And I'm, well, I'm, I'm 99% sure it's in there because of the, the 25th anniversary aspect of it and the whole coming back to this area at this time and so on. And it could have been, it, could, it doesn't say the name. Thank, you know what I mean? So it does just cut off at the right point. So you can get away with it just because it could be yeah. could be Doc's Dixon or Doc Green or something. Yeah, it, it can, you can get past it, but it, I don't know. I kind of like it and don't like it. I, n- I never can decide. Yeah, I, I'm not sure on that one. But I love I all the other stuff. I, yeah, yeah. You know, like the the French Revolution book being in Coal Hill and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very subtle and. I know a lot of fans, and me included, uh, <laughs> are always really upset that they've managed to spell Foreman wrong on the junkyard oh, doors. Because it's I, like they've gone to the effort of getting a very similar type uh, mm-hmm. typo for the, what, no, what do you call it? Not typo. What do you call the letter font, style? Yeah. Font. Yeah. So they've gone to the effort of trying to get it right. But how did they miss out the E in Foreman? I just, I know, because they must have had some reference point. Such a shame. Uh, and it is one of those things, those little niggles that'll only niggle like, you know, geeky fans like me. But yeah, every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, so close. I know, but mate. Got it wrong. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I still love the fact that we're back at Totter's Yard. And, it, and, and hey, it's a million times better than the one we saw in Attack of the Cybermen. So oh, let's be grateful yeah. for that, where they just put up a bit of chalkboard on the wall and said, oh, look, it's Totter's Yard. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. let, let's not be too harsh on it, but yeah, obviously it's just so close. It just didn't quite get it right. <laughs> yeah, we we also have the doctor. You know when he's, um, you know when Davros is doing his crust at the doctor. Oh yeah, in episode four, the doctor sort of retaliates and he shouts back at him. So we have those little bits as well that the casual viewer might not pick up on. So yeah, um, this is the doctor. Um, it used to be in our intro, didn't it? That bit. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The High Council of Time Lords. High Council of Time Lords, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, a couple of bits in there, the casual viewer might not have known what they are. You know, Protector of Gallifrey. <laughs> if, you, if you just, you know, only just got into the show, you probably wouldn't know what Gallifrey is or the High Council of Time Lords are or anything like that. And I'm still, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't change you for the world, but I'm still not sure about why he throws in unlimited rice pudding <laughs> at the end. But I would, nev- I would never want that line to be not there. 
because it's one of my favourites. Oh, dude, go you on, know go what? on, do it. Do it in the voice. Go it, on. It's one of those amazingly brilliant, whimsical Seventh Doctor moments that, yeah, yeah. like you, mate, I would never change that. Because yeah. I think he's just being... I think he's like thrown in the kitchen sink, if you like. He's yeah. like thrown everything at Davros, you know. Because yeah. I think Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he proper goes off on one for a few seconds, doesn't he? He's like... Oh, it's a great rant, yeah. Crush the lesser races, conquer the galaxy, unimaginable power, unlimited rice pudding. So <laughs> he, he just That's goes right. off on one. So I think he's just going at it so much. He's just like, he's run out of, you know, proper things to say. So he's yeah. just going to throw in the rice pudding thing. Um, <laughs> it's a wonderful seventh doctor moment. You're right. It's such a, such a great moment for him. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And it's those, again, it's those little quirky things that I found annoying before. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's those little things that I've just rolled my eyes at like, Oh yeah. And, you know, and also the, you know, regeneration and oh, the rolling R's used yeah. to drive you crackers. I remember like every McCoy story, you're like, oh no, he's going to roll his R's. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Those things used to drive me nuts. And I used to mm. just roll my eyes and think, oh, bloody McCoy doing a bloody thing again and all this weird stuff and rolling R's. But I just love it now. I completely love it. I do. I, I do get it. I mean, I can't think of an example uh, off the top of my head, but I, I, I'm sure there are things I, I know in reviews I've said this. I wish I could think of something to, to to use example, but I know there are things that used to annoy me as a kid when I watched Doctor Who that I now love when I rewatch them. Um, if you know what I mean. So I get where you're coming from. I think it's a similar thing, you know, like when you watched it, those things used to bug you because you knew that mm -hmm. it was going to, you know, he was going to roll his R's every time and you're like, Oh, he's going to do it. Oh, he's done it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say, but now you've grown to love them. And I, I think, yeah, you know, that happens. There, there's stuff that, you know, I hated back in the day, which I now watch and I just absolutely love. And I think, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Things change. Things, yeah. Things change. Can you, can you feel that? It's the winds of change. Change. Yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon to the supporting cast then? We've spoken about the oh, Doctor and Ace. They're superb in this, mate. All of them. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's a big cast. We've got a lot going on. We do. Yeah. But um, no, I think that I think all the cast, there isn't anybody that I don't think is is giving their all or, or really into the story in this. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, break them down a little bit if you, if you like. So before I do that, just and we'll, we'll rattle through these quite quick. But mm. would you have liked to have seen the brig in some timey wimey oh. fashion? I know you wouldn't be, you know, you'd be a very young brig at this point. But would you have liked to have seen? no do you know no. what i i i do love the brig i i think it might have been a uh, i think there's enough going on right and i think also i really love simon williams as, as group Ch captain chunky gilmore chunky, yeah. so yeah. so i think it's nice i think he does a great job in it um i don't know if the brig had been in it it would have been great but i i don't know i don't think i would have put him in it okay. um I, yeah. li I like gilmore. gilmore i think he's really yeah. good in it and i like his little gang as well so okay nah i wouldn't have put brig in it okay i mean he pops up in battlefield doesn't he next so he does get to meet the seventh doctor so yes yeah yeah okay i'll read you no i, f I feel much the same there is a part of me that thinks it would have been cool to but then mm -hmm. i don't know he would have been in 1963 how old would the brig would have oh i don't know because the whole unit timeline is a bit of a mess isn't it um because he's in some of the trouton yeah, but they're set. I don't know. It's all a bit 
timey-wimey confusing. That's I think it thinking, all went yeah. a bit astray at some point. I, I've, yeah, somebody out there, I think, has broken it down yeah. and will know exactly. But uh, no, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Yeah, a, a little tiny part of me thinks that it would have been cool. But yeah, I think most of me, yeah, it's just on the same page as you. It, there's enough going on without Courtney. Without unit, yeah. yeah necking pints and <laughs> running around being abusive to Daleks. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so... What did you think? Because we have two, we have two lots of side cast in this, really, don't we? We have, mm. <clears throat> we have, um, uh, the sort of group captain Gilmore and the unit stuff going on, and that also encompasses um, Mike Smith and those. They sort of team up with the sort of the two lady scientists, don't we? Yeah, I, like, I guess I particularly like um, Rachel Jensen, you know, Pamela Salem. Um, and I, I like Alison as well, but she gets a little bit overshadowed, I think, um, you know. Is, but yeah, they're nice. They're nice little yeah. team, I think. The, the countermeasures lot, if you like. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we, they sort of, that, that group of sidecast members, they kind of, they, they do team up with, with Ace and, and the Doctor, at, you know, for most of the story. Mm. Uh, so they, we can sort of group them in a bucket and just call them, you know, the goodies. You know, yeah, the yeah, <laughs> the goodies, yeah. Um, and then on the other side of the fence, we have Radcliffe. <laughs> Radcliffe, yeah. <laughs> uh, George Selwood plays that really well. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, he, Radcliffe. He was in a something long running, wasn't? Was he in the Bill or Corey or something for years and years? I always think of him as being in that Jasper Carrot thing, the detectives. But oh, I'm, sure detectives, he did, I'm sure yeah. he did loads of more because yeah. he's one of those actors that you sort of recognise mm. straight away. I like him as Radcliffe because um, he's just the character is just a man that's completely out of his depth, isn't he? He thinks he's like the big, big I am, yeah. and then he suddenly realises that actually. Um, he hasn't, he's, you know, he's totally out of his depth. He yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, and I think he plays it really well. I always thought he was really good. Um, it's quite funny, the fact that the uh, Jasmine Bre- Breaks, who plays the little girl, oh, yeah. yep. you know, that, that reveal of her, I think is quite cool because I don't know. I, I don't know how many people thought it was Davros. I certainly did when I was a kid, but I don't know if I would have thought that watching it later on. Um, but I think it's a great reveal, mm-hmm. the way that she just completely, this, you got this young kid just like kicking ass basically yeah, <laughs> you know just yeah. take she takes takes control of the situation pretty much straight away doesn't she and uh yeah sorts radcliffe out in about two minutes yeah. um you know so uh i think that's quite a cool little twist actually that bit it is quite cool yeah, yeah because you were, you were uncertain at that point well some people were uncertain as to who she really was and what's going on what's there going sort of on. thing yeah yeah and then, so you had, yeah, the little girl in Radcliffe, um, and obviously the, the, um, what they, I've forgotten the name of the, the white and gold Daleks. Imperial. The Imperial Daleks, yeah. So they What's the other ones called? The Renegade. Yeah, was, the other Renegade. One, yeah. Was Renegade, yeah. So you have the Imperial Daleks and they kind of team off. And then they have these sort of intersections throughout the story where they sort of face off against each other. Hmm. So one of the, um, uh, one of the best scenes involving the Daleks was when Davros sort of gives the order to roll out the special weapons Dalek. And oh, that's so good. He, he got, he's got a really cool design, hasn't he? And yeah, they, they, nailed, they nailed the sound effect for his weapon as well. It's got this really deep sort of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's a really cool scene where the renegade Daleks, there's like three of them or four of them 
and they're sort of firing in all directions and you know they've got stuff going on and then special weapons just rolls up parks in front of them and yeah all four of them are gone it's it's the end of that yeah (laughs) that that's awesome yeah how do you feel about the the you know i remember at the time actually being slightly disappointed how the um the black and silver dalek got defeated because he kind of just goes mad Oh, and, end, and I actually yeah. really like it now. But that's an example of something that you know, as a kid, I was a bit like, "Oh, that was a bit easy." Right. Um, but I, but I like it now because it's just, yeah, it's it's different. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> it's not just him getting blown up, and but he, he just kind of has a breakdown. That's a bit say. like Dalek Tat does every <laughs> weekend. Yeah, he just kind of goes a bit bit berserk, doesn't he? It's 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 good and funny at the same time yeah because he's like because he does have a proper breakdown doesn't he he's because the doctor sort of talks him into that he has no purpose and yeah you know every everything else has failed around him he's got nothing left to to fight for he's got no purpose and he he just loses it doesn't he and yeah it's like he's having um yeah some sort of midlife crisis and i suppose it's more that it's more the fact he sort of disappears into a rainbow, I suppose. Because I get the fact that he's cracking up because he's got no <laughs> instruction or orders or what, you know, no purpose. I get that bit. I don't know. Maybe he should have just blown up or something. Because it's just a bit weird that he just disappears in that. In that, yeah. Dust. There's like an effect, isn't dust there? Or something. Yeah, because the yeah. the doctor sort of brushes in a, his umbrella through the. Is that a really cool speech? That little, not speech, but that. Ash to ash, dust to dust, dust to dust, and yeah. just sort of walks off calmly. That's another great moment there. But yeah, but yeah, it's weird because you don't see any explosions of any sort for him to turn into that into dust. It's just yeah. Yeah, I'm just not sure what's actually happened to him there. Like, I probably should read the book and just see what's actually going on there because I don't know. It's it's fine. It's not again not a criticism. I like it, but I always sort of think at that point. So what's just happened? Has he just disintegrated? I suppose he has because he's dust he on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah. just literally disintegrated into nothing. Yeah, they did handle that a bit better in Eccleston's story, Dalek. You know, when the the balls in that story, the balls of the so it's floating oh, it around blows him, up. Blows ah, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, actually. So they sort of. Sorted Could have it done out. that, they, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's weird. He's, they have this weird color effect on it as well when he's spinning around. It's sort mm. of blue, greeny, yeah, like colors. I, I like, I like the fact you've you've referenced that Dalek story actually because I've never put the two and two together, but that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like a same the same thing, isn't it? They both feel mm. like there's nothing left for them. There's no function left. Yeah, they've got no purpose. But yeah, and it's good the way the Doctor's very cool sort of strolls up the street talking to him and by the time he gets to him he's you know he's achieved what he wanted to do it is good and i I mean i love the way it leads into the the church scene at the end as well and Mm. all that dust to dust stuff it all just ties up brilliantly isn't it yeah and that nice bit of 80s synth some people don't like the music some people find it a bit over the top I like I like it. I mean, there are some scenes where it could be turned down just a little, <laughs> but uh, but I kind of like it. You know, the big yeah. '80s drums. It's awesome. It's a great it, it, soundtrack. It is a bit '80s, but I love it. Yeah, especially that. Like I said, the end bit in the church. You got that '80s synth just playing those chords. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, great. yeah, it's really cool. Mm. I'm hoping they're going to release that as a standalone, the same way oh, they did with Survival. That would be awesome. I'd I'd love the whole soundtrack. I really would. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay. Is there anything you want to talk about before? Because we're not going to go into the whole thing. No, no. Um, is there anything you want to mention before we do a, a new score or a revised score? Should I say? Revised score. No, mate, I think we covered it. And as I said, anything we've missed off, you can go back and listen to our review on episode six, was it? All the yeah. way back in episode six. So, yeah, be interesting. I might go, I'd like to go listen to that just to hear hear your thoughts again, <laughs> see how it's changed. But, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Scores. Scores. Actually, I do want to mention before we move on to scores, just quickly. What did you think to how um, uh, Davros's performance in this? Because he's only in it for a small amount of time, which is surprising because yeah. most Doctor Who stories that feature Davros, he's in it a lot. They really make the most of his character in each story. But in this one, you hear him and you sort of see him by proxy because he, you know, is the little girl and you kind of suspect that he's involved. But he's only really in it for like 10 minutes towards the end. Yeah, I know. I must admit, part of me wishes he was in it more, actually. Right, and I think right. I felt this at the time because I remember being really like, oh, he is in it, yeah. like really pleased as a kid that Davros had popped up at the end. But I did want to see more of him because he kind of, you, you're right, he pops up, him and the Doctor have a shouting match, and then he kind of just goes back in the egg and into the spaceship <laughs> and go into his escape shot and goes. So part of me would have, would have liked to have been in it a little bit more <laughs> but um i don't know it's quite nice though it's quite it's like a cameo in it i don't yeah, know yeah. it does still work but i don't know i could i would have been happy if he's in it more i could have done more of egg davros do you know what i found hilarious as well is um <laughs> when he um when when he when he cottons on that the doctor's telling the truth that he's tricked them because he yeah. gets davros to fire up the the hand of Omega, doesn't he? And doesn't really, he doesn't realize it. it's going to blow up Scaro and, That's right, and then yeah. sort of come after his ship. So when he figures out that, oh no, he is telling the truth, you know, the ship's going to be blown up in a minute. Isn't that, is that not the fastest <laughs> sort of exit from, you know, he sort of, he gives a sort of nod of the head and the egg comes down and he scarfs. He sort of has really. to duck down, doesn't he? <laughs> it's as if his head's, yeah, watch out. And I've always, I've always wondered if that, because you see this little tiny speck drop from the spaceship mm. just before it blew up. I was never sure if that was a mistake or a lucky coincidence or, or if they mm. had made that, you know, so that was the escape show. I think it was, I think it was done on purpose. It's just, it's such a tiny little speck. I was never sure if that was just something falling off the model or, you know what I mean? I never really knew if that was, you know, just a happy coincidence, but I think it was supposed to, I think it was done on purpose. They, maybe, you know. maybe yeah, a little bit's just fallen off. And then when they said, oh, good job on the, the, the yeah, subtle oh, that's little. It. Was that the escape show? Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what it just, was. Yeah. <laughs> the model makers are like, yeah, y yes, of course. Yeah. That's, That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Escaping. <laughs> no, it is interesting. I, I like it that he's only in it for a bit. I think I do yeah, as well. Could have actually. been overkill otherwise. Yeah, yeah. true. Okie dokie. Remembrance then. Whose turn is it to go first? I think it's you, mate. I was going to say, I'll go first because it'll be interesting to see your score this time around. So I can't remember what I scored it last time. I don't know if you have it, but um, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm only knocking off the 0.5 um, for probably the wobbly Daleks and um, a couple of other tiny little nitpicks. But uh, it's, it, to me, it's as close to, it's a close to a, a 10 as, as I can get. I, I would really like to give it a 10, but I'll go 9.5 out of 10. Okay. Do you know what? I can't, 
it's not in our archive, <laughs> the scores that we gave for the first seven episodes. Oh, right. Okay. So I can't actually see or remember what we gave we it. We may not have scored it, actually. Yeah. I'm not sure. We didn't always used to do a score. so That's true. We might not have even yeah. done it. But uh, yeah, so for me, my revised score of whatever it was before uh, is going to be a nine. A nine. Yes. Yeah. And I'm pretty certain if if we were doing scores back then, I probably would have given it a four or a five or something. I back think, then. yeah, yeah something like that yeah i'm gonna give it a nine mate i'm only i'm not giving it a 10 because there are a couple of little quirky things like i'm not 100 percent sold on the fourth wall tv mm. even though it cuts off and it's a bit subjective it's, it doesn't explicitly say you know doctor who is on the telly um but yeah i'm not sure how i feel about that and there are a couple of little things like yeah like you said the shaky daleks and and some things but otherwise i mean the little girl's acting was atrocious but you sort of overlook that. <laughs> she's um, not too bad until she does the screaming bit, but yeah. she's not too bad. Yeah. There's been worse. <laughs> but it's pretty much one of the best classic Who stories you, you can find, really. It, it's up, it really is up there with some of the best of classic Who, without a, without a doubt, without even thinking about it. Yeah, I think yeah. so, mate. I mean, as I said, if I was to bit nitpick, I'd say about the Wobbly Daleks, I'd say a couple of the special effects as the remember there's a couple of shots of like the dalek spaceship shooting across space and it looks terrible i don't, know, I don't even know yeah. how they i don't even yeah. know how they've created that it looks like someone's got a little um cardboard spaceship on a string and they've just <laughs> so there's a couple of little bits like that but i mean it's very minor nitpicks i i, I think it's a, an absolute classic yeah that's what i mean mate. it's a couple yeah. of little things in there but yeah yes uh, we did have some decent reviews in from our beautiful listeners yeah, it's we had cool. a, quite a few audio ones in as well. Let's crack on ah, with some good. of those. Uh, this is uh, Sammy from Down Under. Sammy. Hey, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, Remembrance of the Daleks. In my honest opinion, this and Genesis of the Daleks are the best classic Who Dalek stories ever. I have two Daleks of Doctor Who that I think are awesome. One is the Supreme Dalek from Series 4 who later appeared in Series 9. The other is the Special Weapons Dalek. I was overjoyed when I finally got a figure of both these Daleks. I love this story. I was genuinely horrified to find the Renegade Daleks had used that little girl, who for a while you couldn't tell if it was Davros or not. Ace and her baseball bat is awesome. I love the Hand of Omega. The Doctor talking a Dalek into suicide is pretty dark, as is the killing of Sergeant Mike Smith. An absolutely excellent story. I could go on about for ages. Ten out of ten. A ten. Ten out of ten. A whopping ten, mate. <laughs> nice one, Sammy. <laughs> cool. Um, let's carry on. This is Jake Birtwistle. Hello, Gary and Adam and everybody else listening. Remembrance of the Daleks. I know how much you love this episode, Adam, so I better watch what I say. <laughs> um, I love this episode. You know, the budget isn't the best, but... Nothing is perfect. I love the idea of there being two Dalek factions. I thought that was very interesting. Sylvester and um, Sophie are amazing in this. They look like they're having a blast. This is probably one of my favourite Seventh Doctor episodes. Um, I mean, it's got wobbly Daleks. It's got Ace beating up a Dalek with a baseball bat. I mean, what's not to love? I'm going to give this episode... um, 8.5 wobbly Daleks out of 10 wobbly Daleks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Cheers to Jake. 8.5. Yes, yeah. pretty good score. This is Lewis Palmer. 
Hello to the Baby Box podcast. I am over the moon that you are doing Remembrance of the Daleks once again because it is my favourite story of all time in the history of Doctor Who. It is the definition of epic. It is a Dalek Civil War, which is such a cool concept, continuing on uh, and ending the loose trilogy between Resurrection of the Daleks, Revelation of the Daleks, and now Remembrance of the Daleks. It's the story that made Seven my favourite Doctor and Ace my favourite companion. Both prove that they are amazing in this, with the hints at the Cartmel master plan in the Doctor's uh, sort of speech to Ace about the history of uh, the Hand of Omega, and Ace, of course, smashing up a Dalek with a baseball bat, which is quite possibly one of my favourite scenes in Doctor Who history. I can watch this story anytime. It never gets old for me. It is my absolute favourite story ever. I just love it. It's a big fat 10 out of 10 for me. So, uh, yeah, see you next time, guys. <laughs> nice one. Cheers, Lewis. Nice one, Lewis. Another 10. Another 10. Yeah, so let's carry on. This is Martin Arnold. Yeah, this episode is just so epic. I need the help of special review, Dalek. So we better uh, better get him in here. Um, this is a great episode. I mean, the cast are fantastic. We get to see um, Sylvester begin the, the performance of, of the Seventh Doctor that we always wanted in this mysterious, manipulative Time Lord. The darker stuff that he gets to work with from this episode onwards, I think, is uh, really shows um, Sylvester's acting skills. And I prefer it far more to the comedy pratfall stuff. Uh, I think this is this is much to his credit that he works with this stuff, and it it really 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 brings the character out. Ace is fantastic. She's I've got to say she's my favourite companion in the classic era. Um, you know, if I have to pick a favourite, it's it's a great story. There's lots of callbacks to Time Lord mythology and and Doctor Who uh, over the last twenty five years. This should have been the, the the Silver Anniversary episode. Never mind Silver Nemesis. Um, it is a stronger episode, um, and I think I'm going to give it nine exploding Scaro Suns out of ten. And Special Review Dalek is available for all your light entertainment and intergalactic invasion needs. Toodlepip. <laughs> Toodlepip. Fantastic. Another cracking score. Yeah. It's unsurprising, actually. Okay, a couple more today. This is Daniel Fox. Hi, Gary and Adam. Hope you're both well. Sorry I haven't sent in a review for about a year, but I hope you're enjoying Revisits Month. Anyway, Remembrance of the Daleks. I've always loved this story. I really, really like Sylvester and Ace together. I think they're brilliant. You could say they're Ace together, but it would be a very bad pun, so don't bother. But I love the concept of two factions of Daleks wanting to annihilate each other. It makes a change from a standard Earth invasion that we seem to get as regular as clockwork in Doctor Who now. I really like the Hand of Omega concept, and also the fact that this story gives proof that Doctor Who exists within Doctor Who where we get the scene where the man says, and now it's time for a new science fiction series, dot, and then it cuts to the next scene. Really good. And then there's Davros's cameo, and part of me wishes he'd been in it more, but if you think about it, there isn't really much room for him in this story. But I'll give this story a 9 out of 10. What more is there left to say, except... Unlimited rice pudding! You said it, Sylv. Take care, guys. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliantly timed, Daniel. <laughs> Fantastic. I need a key ring with that on, you know, where you can just press the button. Yes. A little, yeah. Unlimited. Oh, it's nice. so good. <laughs> right. Last audio clip. This is George Buddy. Hello, Garn Adam. So, Remembrance of the Daleks. It's funny because I was looking through your back catalogue and I uh, listened to this one. It will be, you're old, your first time you review this. It'll be funny to see 
how your opinions change. But anyway, that, that, I do love that McCoy title sequence. The meteors are rubbish, but I really like the uh, music. And I do quite like the logo as well. I really love the Doctor Ace dynamic in this one. Um, I'm not going to lie, McCoy's one of my least favourite Doctors. I always find him really annoying. But I loved him in that story. He was really, really good. Maybe if I watch more McCoy, then I he, I might change my mind. Um, the Daleks are pretty good in uh, this one. Uh, they kill people, which is good. Their voices are a bit off, though. The cliffhanger to part one is brilliant. I do love the Imperial design with the white and gold. I wish they would uh, come back. Um, the concept of these, this concept of this story with the two renegade Daleks Factions is a really nice one, and they could have uh, done that with the the paradigms uh, having a sort of a civil war uh, against the uh, usual bronze dikes, which would have been a good idea. But obviously they didn't do that because they got rid of the paradigms. But I love the concepts. I love the breaking the fourth wall joke when on the TV when they reference Doctor Who. The special weapons diet makes its first appearance. I love the special weapons dialect, and of course. Who can forget that line? Unlimited rice pudding! So yeah, uh, this story is actually really nice. Uh, 9.5 out of 10. See you guys next week. Cool. Nice one. Agree with me there with a 9.5. Some really strong scores. Yeah. So Have fun. we had anybody that didn't like it? I don't think so. Mm. Not at the moment. Uh, one question I did have for you before we get on to these other few on Facebook and Twitter. Um, who did John Leeson voice in this? Oh, I don't know. In fact, I had no idea that he was involved in it until I saw it uh, on Wikipedia today. Um, no, I don't know. I didn't know he did voice anyone until today. Yeah. So I can't think yeah. Can't think who he would have voiced. If anybody knows. Is there a computer in it or something? I just can't think. Let us yeah. know. Unless he did a Dalek voice. I really don't know. It must have been. No, he didn't voice any Daleks. But it must have been like a com- He's got that computery type of... Yeah, voice hasn't he? Uh, if anybody knows, uh, then that's, I'm pretty sure it's um, it's uh, it's a computer or something. Kane, well, yeah, Kane Nine's not in it, so I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, I've got it. It's I've a mystery. It. Have you got it? I've got it. Don't worry. Yeah, apparently Terry Malloy was unable to uh, voice the Dalek battle computer. Right. So John Leeson agreed to provide a Davros-like performance. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know. He does a pretty good impression, actually, because I thought it was Terry Malloy. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, cool. That's interesting. There we go. Right, over on Twitter, at uh, Cult Dissection said, yeah. eight years old when this was on. You must be the same age as me then. Uh, eight years old when this was on. I remember the first time round, I was petrified by Davros that I had to hide into my mum's arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, all time on my favourite stories. Um, I just want to know how Ace would eat four bacon sandwiches. She put it away, <laughs> which she really did. Uh, the reference to Quartermass, the memories of playing this, uh, this story in the playground, especially as Cole Hill looked like where I used to go. Daleks in the cellar, 10 out of 10. Daleks in the cellar, yeah, I know it's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, at GFL Knows just simply says 10 out of 10. Mm. And over on Facebook, Miles McKenzie, my favourite classic Dalek story. I love the concept of a Dalek civil war and wish the story was carried on in New Who. 
the Doctor and Ace are amazing together as always. Loved the characters and loved Davros's return. I love the scene where Ace beats the living beep out of a Dalek, but makes them look slightly not as menacing. Overall, this story is one of McCoy's best stories. It's also the Dalek's first story to conquer stairs. Very true. Uh, yes, um, although... Sorry. Another 9.5. I was going to say, some people do argue that um, they did it in the Colin Baker one, Revelation, which I've never oh. quite... I well, I don't, loose, I don't know. They're very loose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick Gill says, I love Remembrance of the Daleks, uh, but many don't. It's an action-packed story that keeps moving forwards towards conclusion with no real drops in pace. Uh, this is where we start to see the Doctor as a schemer and the great architect in something larger that we don't yet know of. The only thing that gets my goat is the scene where Ace and the Doctor are driving and Ace mispronounces Dalek. Oh. I don't remember that bit, how she mispronounces it. Maybe I remember she... when she's asking how to pronounce it. It could be that bit, yeah. It could be Dalek. Dal- I don't know. Dalek, yeah. Yeah, Dalek. That's it, Dalek, yeah. Uh, she could only pronounce it like that if she had seen it written down before and never heard it spoken. Mm, that's a good point. I haven't really noticed it before, but yeah, I see what you mean. Nick's yeah. on the ball. Cheers, Nick. <laughs> uh, Jason Thayer says, when I saw this as a teen in the 90s, I was on the fence about McCoy. Ace changed all that with his story. McCoy is my third favourite Doctor and Ace is one of my fave companions. 10 out of 10. Mm. Dean Jones, often regarded as one of the all-time greats, and rightly so. McCoy's Doctor is superb. Sophie is great as Ace. Perfectly paced, well-rounded characters, cracking music, action and production values that still hold up very well. And just a fantastic story all round. 10 out of 10. Another 10, yes. Uh, Joseph Howarth, quotable, lots of actions. Ace blowing up a Dalek with a rocket launcher and then have a beat up on another Dalek with a baseball bat. With the Seventh Doctor more mysterious and manipulative uh hells yeah this is by far one of the best uh dalek stories in doctor who as well as being one of my favorites for the seventh doctor nine out of ten. Nine out of ten yeah another high school george coppin the best seventh doctor story and the best dalek story 10 out of 10 yes uh zach jenkin brilliant story i even love the wobbly daleks and lastly jamie aspinall says i think it's a very good dalek story but sadly it's the last classic dalek story I don't know. Dalek's pretty classic. Yeah. The Equiston. I think he means from classic hero. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. So that was everything over on the official stuff. Did you have anything on the Geek's Handbag? Yeah, I just had a couple. So uh, Jason Howe says, quite simply, the best story ever until he saw Curse of Fenric. He loves, loves, loves it, he says. Curse of Fenric, yes, good one. Patrick Sherwood, uh, this story is one of my favourites of all time. He gives it a thousand out of a thousand. It's brilliant, he says. (laughs) Kevin Mullen, quite simply, the best classic story, a whole original Dalek story, and one that I judge all Dalek stories by. A hundred out of a hundred, he says. Simply brilliant (laughs) from start to finish. Bradley Willard, Sylvester's best story and definitely one of the greatest stories of all time. There's uh, well-paced plot, great characters, the Daleks at their best. What more could you ask for, he says. 10 out of 10. Cool. And finally, Charlie Turner says, um, he just wants to point out that this podcast will go up on his birthday. So could we wish him <laughs> happy birthday, but no singing, he says. So, yes, happy birthday, Charlie happy Turner. Happy birthday. Oh, singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to remembrance, he says. Um, it's um, 
uh, he, well, basically, he says he 100% agrees with Bradley Willard, the comment I just pointed out. So I'm assuming he gives it uh, a 10 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> so he really likes it. Yeah, have a good birthday, Charlie. And yeah, many happy returns. Crikey. Uh, oh, no, we must. <laughs> 10, so many 10s. So, so no negative, no bad comments. No. no. And I don't think I've ever, I'm sure I will now, but I don't think I've ever <laughs> chatted with anyone where I've said, you know, where they've said, oh, no, I don't like Remembrance or Remembrance is overrated. Or, I don't think I've ever met a Who fan that doesn't think it's good. Other than me. I'm sure I will. <laughs> well, apart from you, <laughs> but that's changed. Uh, we've robotized you, so that's all changed. But, yes. Yeah, I'm sure there must be somebody out there that doesn't rate it, but, yeah, I'm glad that all our listeners like it. Yes. If anyone, any of our listeners that hasn't seen Remembrance yet, mm-hmm. then, yes, you need to go and steal it off a friend or order it off Amazon or whatever you need to do just go and get it it's uh, essential classic who viewing it is and uh, who was it was it George Puddy who said that he's not that into McCoy yeah but maybe he needs to watch some more yes, yes. do it mate Sounds do it familiar. Watch, it. Yep. watch more McCoy watch Curse of Fenric that's a good one yes yes we'll show a uh, great show that's a good one yeah so thank you everyone so much for uh, reconnecting with us as we went down memory lane and uh, looked at Remembrance. Uh, we're going to crack on with uh, Revisits Month. So next week, buddy, what have we next got week, for people? Next week, it's a fourth Doctor classic, and it's Pyramids of Mars. Ah. Old Pyramids. Pyramids. Now, remind me, have you done this one on your own, or have we not done this one at all? I've done this one on my own. You did it on your own, right. This was even further back. This was episode three. Good grief. Yes. Oh, shock. So it's going to be great. And I must admit, this is out of everything that we're doing in Revisits Month, this is the one that I haven't watched as much as all the others. Hmm. Surprisingly. Yeah, so I've seen it a few times, but I'll be honest, not that recently. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this one. Yes, I think I've seen it maybe, I don't know, four or five times, perhaps. All right. But I've not seen it in over a year, so... Bit of Fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane. Yeah, so Pyramids of Mars. We'll be asking you for your thoughts on that one, so look out for that. And I think we're going to do there for 163. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us and listening to 163 as we journeyed through the time vortex to look at Remembrance of the Daleks. Also, we had a couple of cool bits of merch. You guys, many of our listeners are into Big Finish, so I'll leave it up to you to decide if there's any cool or not so cool Big Finish coming up. I'll leave that up to you to decide. I mm-hmm. think one of them potentially I might pick up. The other one, not so sure. No, I'm not sold. We'll have a look. We'll have a little look. <laughs> uh, yes, and Remembrance has been so cool. I don't know what, when we said we were going to do this for Revisits Month, I thought, yes, I get to look, I get to uh, to watch the Remembrance yet again for our yeah. review. So that's been cool. So next week, a bit of Tom action. Mm. With which is often viewed as one of his best, yeah, or in his top three, I suppose, top five, whatever you want to call it. Pyramids of Mars, 
So get your DVDs out. Or whatever it is you want to get out. <laughs> Give that a watch. In the meantime, head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous shows on there. Plus, you can link off to all the social stuff. And there's also links on there so that you can subscribe to our main platform or app, if you like. It would be iTunes. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you could drop a review and a rating, that would be awesome because that really helps us a lot. And we're also on all the other podcast platforms. So whatever app or service you listen to, just give us a search, give us a, a sub. So you'll never miss a show every Friday without fail, mostly. <laughs> Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Yes, should have a new vid out today. If, all all's, right. gone, if all's gone well, if all's all's gone well, I mean, it should. I can't guarantee it, but yeah, should have my new vid out today of me meeting Russell T. Davis. So awesome. Go and have a look at that. Cool. Yeah. What in Forbidden Planet? In FP. Cool. Yeah. Sure. So give Adam a sub to search for him on YouTube and Facebook and all the usuals. Give him a sub and a like. Some great stuff. So until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, and...